Hey everyone, today is Wednesday, the 20th of June, 2018. This is The Gap, episode 424. I'm Luke Laurie. Joining me this week is Job Gura. He's back. How you going, Job? I'm back. What the fuck are you talking about? You've been away for quite a while, I hear. I never left. That's the thing. I never, never leave. I'm here every fucking week, day in, day out, putting the fucking time in. You know, I'm the fucking, I'm the jobber of this goddamn shit. And you wander in like fucking Brock Lesnar coming up for fucking WrestleMania and thinks he can fucking, oh, I saw Cyberpunk and I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's fucking bullshit. Meanwhile, I got to fucking keep shit going. Like, you know, with fucking strings and duct tape and I've got no idea what I'm doing every single week. I've got no fucking intro. You don't leave me an intro. You don't leave me any fucking idea on how to edit audio or anything like that. Ridiculous. It's crazy. What are you so angry for? Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Also joining us is the editor-in-chief of Survivor.com, Steve Wright. How you going, Steve? Good. I I am important. I am an E3 judge, as Luke, you were too. So we could go and see cyberpunk and do whatever we wanted and leave and not give job theme songs and that's what we're able to do because we're e3 judges we're basically like the most famous people on the planet or at least last week this week we're just australians who took too long to fly home really but hi yeah i don't talk as long as joe but i could try i could give him a run for his money it was a good effort <laughs> that's pretty good I'm far less angry. Far less angry. So, how are you feeling after, um, I guess, the entire of last week? Because I'm, I'm sort of still uh, struggling to stay awake past like nine o'clock. Oh, I, ha- I was supposed to have a hockey practice at nine o'clock on Monday, and I just fully, d- I didn't go, and I think I was asleep by seven o'clock that night, which meant I was up at four o'clock the next morning. I'm, I, I don't do jet lag very well, and uh, I, I'm making it worse, I think, by worrying about all of the stuff we saw and trying to figure out how to make it like (laughs) how to create content for it (laughs) go to youtube or go on the internet basically so this helps this is like going to be what seven hours of a podcast that i can basically just i'll send it to publishers and say that's that's your e3 content we're good right we're square nice (laughs) pretty much eight hours um (laughs) yeah so last week job and nate um talked about like all the conferences and went quite detailed into it i think it was like three and a half hours um Mm. I listened to it. It was it was good. You did, yeah. yeah. I listened to it while, while we were waiting for the plane. Oh, nice. Um, so I, we get on this fucking plane, and I'm like, "Why are they boarding us an hour early?" And it turns out it's because they put you on a fucking bus and like oh, yeah. ferry you across to like halfway across the ocean, and then stick you yeah. on the plane. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why they there's an hour. Anyway, uh, I, I thought we might kick things off and just like sort of talk about the conferences in general and just our thoughts on. I guess E3 overall this year, considering there was some big changes happening. You know what? I thought actually that I would talk about stuff that I've been playing instead. <laughs> really? <first. laughs> Instead of relegating it to the end when everyone is fucking switched off because uh, they already heard you talk about Cyberpunk. Right. Um, so instead- I, can grab a, I can grab a beer for the next two hours while you talk about PUBG? Is- <laughs> we don't talk can, about PUBG. We can't play PUBG. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's it's, true. It's in the Dota 2 fucking pile. Um, Next to Fortnite. <laughs> um, I, I went. I went and did a, a VR thing right yesterday. Simosity, uh, and uh, it was pretty cool. I've been doing quite a bit of VR lately because I got a Vive. Uh, but yeah, Simosity was not VR that I could do in my house. I had to go to this out of fucking ride, and uh, 
I think you two did something similar down in Melbourne, right? Uh, it's like a, like a warehouse scale yep. VR, it's called, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, like, um, oh, what's it called? Zero latency? That kind of thing? It. Yeah, yeah. I never did zero latency, but uh, yeah, this this is, I imagine, similar because I, I you know, had a, a number of the same sort of experiences that I remember Luke talking about, you know, like that uh, there, there's a moment where you got to like, go out on a ledge uh and it was fucking it was freaky as fuck like so you're just, not standing you're not standing at like a station you have a, a pc strapped to your back like a backpack yeah basically VR set and you're free roaming as well as much as they'll let you because they probably don't have insurance enough to let you free roam properly if you like take out your self on a wall or something they're not crazy about that yeah yeah so basically they're they're like uh you will be fine to walk anywhere in like in the in the game as long as you don't walk through any walls on purpose <laughs> yeah because if you do that there's a chance it's mapped out pretty close to you know the the room itself so if you do that there's a pretty good chance you'll probably walk into an actual real wall <laughs> uh so try not to walk through any walls otherwise you're all good and yeah they map it out pretty good uh you got to like you've got a full blown you're holding a gun and the gun's got force feedback and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I thought it was like pretty well done. Uh, it was, mm. it, but it was very much like an early access experience. It was very weird, like going to a thing, uh, and doing early access, uh, in, you know, the live experience or something. It was, it was pretty weird. Cause there was a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that I think they could do better, you know, like just off the bat, uh, it's it. They sort of pitch it as this fucking half zombie shooter, half puzzle room. But there wasn't a single puzzle that seemed difficult. They're all inevitable, right? Like I'm not not even talking like uh, you'd easily work it out. I'm talking about like you couldn't fuck it up if you tried. You just had to continue down the path and you would solve the puzzle, right? And that seems like something they could very easily fucking, like, ratchet up very quickly into something. You know, like, I, I keep thinking about, like, the way God of War this year did uh, their puzzles. Um, the bell puzzles, where mm-hmm. you have to shoot them all before the ringing of the first one stops, or throw an axe at them, rather. Um you could do something like that and it would actually require a little bit of hand-eye coordination, maybe some teamwork because it's two-player dealio. I did it with Nate and um, yeah, like you you could actually, you know, have a fucking puzzle that Mm. wasn't you find the key. uh, The key is in the last bookcase. Um, Yeah, that sort of stuff. Uh, Apart from that, like it, it was actually like the presence as a you know vr concept was fucking top notch um like the there was there was fuck there was no fucking latency so you were i, I was avoiding saying zero latency now that i know that's good. <laughs> yeah i was so close to making the pun but well done <laughs> um but yeah so i didn't feel even a little bit motion sick uh at the end of it um like i just you know they were, we we finished it uh and it was it was done and it was like cool done cool do they have accelerate accelerometers as part of the getup? Because the thing that I remember most 
and it's like the stupidest thing to remember, but the thing that I remember most about Zero Latency is after we killed all these zombies, I went to teabag the zombies. Mm. And, like, my entire display just kind of, like, lit up red. Like, you're moving too fast. You can't possibly move this fast. You're going to kill yourself. And it, <laughs> it ruined the teabagging experience of moving up and down on a uh, virtual <laughs> dead thing. Uh, well, no, I didn't, I didn't, like, sexually assault any corpses, but... Um... <laughs> You, I could have if I wanted to. You were able to like, uh, like duck and stuff, and that was all good. Uh, mm. At one point, we we're standing in a uh, in an elevator, and Nate was standing too close to the wall, and so his body started like sort of twitching out because uh, it was like colliding with the wall, but it was still accurate to where his position was. So it was sort of like flopping about a little bit. And uh, so I did the same thing, obviously, and then we started ducking up and down so that we were, like, breakdancing on the wall. It was, <laughs> it was high quality. Um, the uh, I know the, the, the dudes running it could see what we are doing as well, so I'm sure they were thrilled at us uh, doing that. The other thing I was thinking is uh, we were talking about afterwards, we both love, like, a fucking reload. Does Zero Latency have a fucking reload mechanic? Because I've been playing... I think they did. Been, yeah. It was like two Can't years ago or three years ago. It's been a while. Well, I've been I think playing they did. both Sirento VR and Onward, uh, two like VR games that I've played a fair chunk of since getting my Vive. And they both got Reload as a pretty key mechanic. Sirento does it by just top, like pointing a gun down like it's fucking Virtual Cop or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, Onward does it where you've got to like press a button on the gun. So you press the like fucking grip button on the handheld uh, wand thing that comes with the Vive. And then that drops the mag out. And then you've got to grab with your free hands a mag from your belt and then put it into the gun at where the mag well is. And then you, it locks in automatically. And then you have to pull the fucking bolt before you can fire again, which is a fucking effort. Uh, but it feels like when when you, like, when I do, like, I get rid of my fucking AR and onward and I only use a pistol, I feel like fucking John Wick and shit. Like, it feels <laughs> fucking awesome. You press the fucking grip button, you grab the fucking next one, you pull the fucking slide back and you start shooting again and you feel like fucking a gangster. It's awesome. It's really cool. Um, this... Uh, yeah, Simosity didn't have any fucking reload mechanic at all. Mm. And uh, so you sort of just kept firing and firing and firing. It sort of didn't feel like, I don't know, it felt good to shoot until that would remind me, I think, every single time once I'd, like, fired fucking 400 bullets. Because it also had a little bit of a problem with, like, overextending the waves in an attempt to overwhelm you a little bit. Um, so it would just send you, it would send like a comical amounts of zombies at you and you would shoot them all and then it would have another 50 or so to go and you're like I'm actually bored of shooting zombies now yeah. so you know that's cool uh, I'm done I'm done with zombies you've cured me of wanting to kill zombies <laughs> um yeah, like a number of times I was just like holding my assault rifle thing out with one hand and just fucking popping dudes like it was a fucking pistol because it's not like a, it weighs fuck all. So I'm just like, 
this is probably a bit quicker. Fuck it. Hmm. Um, yeah. The, the, so it didn't have a reload, and and it didn't have any meaningful fucking like death mechanic. And I feel like it definitely needed uh, something like that. Um, even if it were like to, I don't know, send you back to the start of an area. Uh, at least then you'd like. I know you'd have to walk back because you can't just warp back. Yeah, uh, you'd have to walk back, but that would be time that you'd have to spend walking back, and it'd be you know tiring a little bit, and it'd incentivize you to not fucking die, um, and yeah, you'd, you'd care a bit more as opposed to what we were doing, which was uh, sort of just tanking through. What you had like a, a three second cooldown if you got killed, uh, so I, I wound up getting fucking killed heaps because I was doing a lot of work trying to keep Nate alive and it wasn't until the <laughs> end of the fucking game that I realized that he was doing zero work watching my fucking back. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, you, but it was literally just grayed out for three seconds and then you'd start shooting again. Right. Um, they need something meaningful. It was like, it's, it's this odd, it's this odd thing because I really actually enjoyed my time with it. And I would, I would re- recommend anyone who hasn't done that sort of scale VR before to do that, to like go and experience simosity because I think they, they do a really good job of it. But it could be so much better. Like, it could be way better just off the bat. Like, some really easy changes that I think they could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it would be improved so fucking significantly. Um, oh, the other thing uh, I, I just remembered... Um, there's like a a beeping warning if you come too close to each other. And oh, so you've got right. this little mini map uh, that tells you where you are and where the other person is in relation to you at all times. You can't see the other person in the game? You can, but if you're like not paying attention, if you're oh, sort of okay. like just fucking walking backwards, it, it, yeah, right. you can get pretty close. And there's some close hallways. Um, yeah. And uh, at one point, we both, Nate and I both spotted a gun because uh, you can pick up guns around the place and they were way better than the default gun that you were using. Um, and we both like hopped on over to it and grabbed it. And uh, the beeping was not quick enough to point out that we were both going for the same gun when we fucking headwighted one another. <laughs> oh, pretty good. Uh, didn't hurt because we collided. Very expensive. Uh, head-mounted devices as yeah. opposed to our own skulls. So, yeah, got away with some shit there. Pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was interesting. I, I, like, I don't know if that... Like, it's a, it's a weird one, though, because you guys have done zero latency. So I don't know if you... Like, I'd recommend that you would go do it, you know? Like, because I don't know if you get a lot out of it uh, in its current state. And we was both saying that if they were to improve it, like increase the puzzles and stuff like that it'd be worth going back uh but yeah otherwise it sort of just feels like a one one off yeah oh it's definitely like the novelty of it to go and yeah. check it out but then you wouldn't go back unless something huge happens yeah it's like yeah. When, it's like when people that haven't used playstation vr come to your house or something and you're like oh here here go for a swim with the sharks yeah and they've done it once and they're, they're not really keen to try it again the next time they come over yeah, right. Well, but like, I guess that's the weird thing is that like there are, like, I, 
I don't think there's a killer app for VR yet, right? Or a killer experience or whatever the fuck. But mm. there is, there are games that people will come back to over and over and over again. And uh, so the formula is there somewhere and translating it into a warehouse scale. Um, you know, like, I, th- I think it must be close. Uh, apparently, yeah, some of the things they're saying they're going to do, they're going to have, like, fucking shock vests so you feel the impact when, when shit hits you, which uh, <laughs> I think could be some shit. Uh, and uh, they're going to up it to eight players as opposed to two. I don't see how the fuck they do eight players because uh, two felt cramped sometimes. Hmm. It felt like you were fucking... All you were hearing was the proximity warning um right but yeah apart from that yeah, i don't know i think this we did four and it felt fine yeah, yeah right this is not like when i say warehouse scale i'm not talking about like a giant warehouse mm. so uh and yeah they deliberately keep you pretty cramped in i think to um sort of give you as many areas to roam around and look look through and stuff like that give you branching options to check out and stuff as opposed to you know giving you a massive wide open space uh but i think it's the yeah it would be the detriment of an eight player version of the game yeah yeah um uh that's it (laughs) that's all you had oh i played budget cuts which oh. is another VR game. Uh, and <laughs> I'm like fucking an hour in and I love it to bits. It's like a, a stealth game where you are, as far as I can work out, you're a human uh, who is working in a robot's, um, I guess, bureaucracy. And uh, I haven't been paying shitloads of attention to the story, but uh, I think word comes from up on high that they've worked out that you're a human and you're not supposed to be there. And so you have to get the fuck out. And uh, it's got this like very um, like portal-esque vibe hmm. going on. And there's these robots and they chase you around and stuff like that. And you try your best to hide from them and shit. Uh, and yeah, it's um, it's interesting because it, invol- it adds mobility to otherwise like pretty basic stealth puzzles. Because it is—it's a stealth game at heart, and so stealth games generally puzzle games if they're pure stealth. Um, so yeah, you just sort of there's like puzzle solving, there's actual puzzle solving involved. Like you're definitely doing some fucking critical thinking along the way, but other than that, like it's very, very much like go from here to here, and yeah, um, you do it all by like teleporting around yeah so you don't have to fucking move because uh, I don't have space in my uh, apartment to move around and shit but uh, yeah I fucking I really like it it's a lot of fun uh, it just it feels you do you fucking spend a lot of time crouching and uh, <laughs> I feel it fucking fine <laughs> feel the burn baby yeah um, so yeah nice anyway, cool is that all you got so- yeah, I've been playing Rainbow Six as well, but it's just it's just a really good update. You should definitely check it out. Like, I don't know. I played, played a little bit of yeah, yeah. The fucking new operators are already balanced, and it feels really fucking good to play. Still, haven't played. I've played fucking I don't know four hours 
since the update. Yeah. And I still have not played on the new clubhouse. I played on the fucking new map. I've like played fucking. Yeah, I've played it a couple of times. Playing. I haven't touched but the new map yet. <laughs> so Ridiculous. maybe we should swap houses or something. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a yeah. good update. Yeah, I like the new defenders. Awesome. They're fucking great. Like, they. They both feel like I think um, the camera dude's utility is better than his weapon. I don't like either of his weapons that much, but like he feels like the sort of operator that you don't want to be fucking shooting. You want to be on your fucking camera because, man, it just if people fucking shit their pants when the camera starts getting them. I go to fucking I killed a Monty because he backed himself into a corner and the corner <laughs> happened to be next to the fucking camera, so I just hopped on my fucking thing and zapped him in his ass. Until he shit his like he fucking freaked out and turned around to see what was shooting him, and I was already off my camera and shot him in the back. Too easy, baby. Um, yeah, it's good. All right, let's do E three. Yeah, um, we went there. That was great. We did go there. It was good. Um, so yeah, I thought we'd just probably talk about like the conferences to start off with, and just overall thoughts on like kind of what happened because I feel like everybody put on a really good conference this year um in terms of like awesome game yeah except for ea we so steve and i stayed at um his hotel bar and we're drinking with like me steve um jung showed up uh dave milner from game informer informer was there uh was it just us four or was do we end up with more people Uh, than that i think that was it i think that was it and it was a good choice because like the um i was supposed to go down there and i'd just gotten off a plane like two and a half hours before Mm. Um, and it was like a 25 minute cab to, to get to this place. Um, so I was just like, I kind of just hit up Steve to see what he was doing. He's like, yeah, just, just come around and we'll, we'll watch it from here. So yeah, it turned out that was a really good idea. Uh, and I feel like there was maybe only one Australian, maybe two that went across to EA because it didn't sound like there was many that went from what I've heard. Um, it was, it was too far away and it was, an apology or five about loot boxes. It was a Star Wars game that will take, I guess, Respawn's word for. Yeah. And like, well, I don't know. I don't, what else? That's it, really. An anthem. Some cool stuff about anthem. Granted, that was. I'm excited for anthem, but that's about it. Of course it. you are. Of course you well, are. Destiny. Neat. Yeah. Well, Destiny with Iron Man. But whatever. <laughs> didn't get to play it because it didn't go over there. So I'm just assuming it's good. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That that was the thing, right? The weird thing about them coming out and being like, "We we're all against loot boxes now," but then re- releasing this Command and Conquer Rivals game, which is like oh. a pay to win game. Oh. Uh, it's just like you you completely don't get it at all. Yeah. Um, that entire conference was just really strange because they didn't really announce anything new other than the Command and Conquer game and some indie stuff. Um, the Vince Sampella, you know, respawn Star Wars game was strange because c- they're Super just weird. like talking about a game that they couldn't even show a logo for. I was, I was, I was saying this tonight, but like, how fucking hardcore does respawn have EA over a fucking barrel? Hey, they must, they must. If it had come to E3 mm-hmm. and EA were like. Well, we need something for, about your Star Wars game at fucking E3. What are you going to do? 
And Vince Sampella is like, I'm going to show up fucking stoned and you can talk to me in the audience. <laughs> and you know what? After the way they treated Tony Ford 2, fucking go for it. Yeah. yeah. You do you, man. Fuck that shit. Holy crap. Like, good on him for, for putting out Unraveled 2. That was one of the only, like, and you can play it right now things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's out now. And that's, go play it if you want to. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and like Battlefield Five was a bit weird as well. Like you didn't get a lot of details out of the fucking conference when it seemed like it could have just been that an anthem and everyone would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, the fucking cringe tastic Madden mm-hmm. shit was awful. So when they got uh, the two guys out for the esports yeah. bit, or all I wanted yeah. was for them to say that NHL is is now like every other EA sports game using the Frostbite engine. Right. They did not mention NHL at all once. They didn't even put it in like or basketball, uh, uh, like a video, I, like like a NBA montage. Like was talked about. Oh, was it? Yeah, I we must have missed that because I didn't see it. Yeah, it was brief, but they talked about NBA. Oh, they did not talk about NHL at they all. They did. They showed that trailer and they kept showing like the seventy sixes and yeah. And I was like, is Embiid the cover athlete? Because they're showing the seventy sixes quite a lot. Mm. Um. Yeah, so, but but to be fair, like EA is not technically part of E3; they're just doing their own thing anyway. Yeah, I just thought we'd True. mention it. So well, and I guess along that same lines, like, do we start like half considering Microsoft because they weren't at E3 either? Really, they were across the road, like right. Devolver, basically in their own little setup. Yeah, semantics. Yeah. Anyway, semantics. well, the hype the hype cycles are still the same fucking hype cycle, so I don't think they get to like have some shit on that weekend and then claim they're not part of E3 and uh, somehow somehow fucking divorced from how people react to that shit. Mm. Yeah. But, like, at least the the whole EA, like, sorry, Xbox and Devolver stuff is literally in the same vicinity as opposed to <laughs> 20 minutes. In, in 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Xbox is basically... Um, uh, next door where the Nintendo conference used to be held every year uh, and they just had like a giant set up there and uh, and that was actually quite good so after their conference people could go and, and play all the games or they had s- sort of like meetings set up over the next couple of days um, so yeah I-, I thought Xbox might have had the best show um, I feel like it was a tie between maybe them and Bethesda um, sure. Yeah, yeah, they, they kind of just came out and did the Sony thing where they're like, we're going to just show a bunch of games. Um, not, yeah. not all of them are going to be our games, like first party games, but we're just going to show you like what you can play on our console. Not all of them are our games, but they are all coming out on February 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> all 50 of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, yeah. the 50 thing was cool because they're like, we got, we got to show 50 games. And I think they showed like 22 during the montage, like indie montage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you got to get to that number somehow. Uh, it's, Sony's pulled that trick before as well. So. Yeah. They did really well, but they still have a lot to learn. So for every like Horizon 4 reveal, there was this weird introduction of Gears pop vinyl. Yeah, mm. which completely deflated the audience by the time they got to oh yeah oh yeah we're making Gears Five too like don't worry about it here it is it's like you probably should have led with that and yeah. maybe just not have even considered making Gears pop to begin with and the and the tactics mobile game you, you don't we don't need that either maybe just 
put those away. Put those away with Crackdown 3 because that game's never going to come out. And when that stuff came <laughs> on as well, I was so bored and did not care. Crackdown 3 is dead to me. It was pretty much always dead to me. I, just, I don't get the I don't get the hype for it. I mean, I, I didn't like Crackdown 2 at all. Uh, and I loved Crackdown 1. So I am... Uh, well, I had been um, optimistic. I'm now... Like more pessimistic, I'd say. I'm, I'm on the other side about Crackdown 3. I, I doubt that it comes out and is what I want it to be, which is basically a shinier Crackdown 1. Um, yeah, you know, that, that one's probably... That ship's probably sailed. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there wasn't... A, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was, there, there wasn't, like, a ton of games to get, like, super excited for, but just the fact that, you know, like, everybody was harping on them for not having a lot of first party studios and they double down and you know like here's the five that we bought and here's the one that we've made it's like at least you can tell that you know microsoft's listening and there's going to be some stuff on the horizon and that kind of got me the most excited to be honest yeah oh the the halo game as well but like that was two seconds of this is coming out eventually kind of thing i was um i was telling nate last week but that was actually not a halo infinite trailer it was a slipstream tra- trailer. Did you know that? It was supposed engine. to be, yeah. It was supposed to be yeah. doing their engine, and then they smashed this fucking Halo Infinite thing on the top of it. And well, obviously, it's Halo Infinite now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Um, so yeah, like a lot of big surprises out of that one, um, and a lot of good games. We we saw like. I don't know, man. The uh, Dying Light Two, I think, was revealed. Devil May Cry Five was something that was there. Yeah, um, yeah the, the the Gears game, which we already talked about. Oh, um, Session. Session. Yeah. Session, yeah. Skate, oh, it's, skate skate oh, it's not Skate Four. Nice. <laughs> and then it was not Skate Four. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck could they do Skate Four here and not at EA? Oh, they haven't. Right. And like, what's worse is that I've I have been in on Session. Like we've talked about it on. Yeah, I think I've written about Session a couple times and forgot that Session was a thing. Yeah. Hmm. It's been on Kickstarter for ages. Um, Yeah. What else do we got? From Software. Shadows died twice. Sekiro. So, yeah, like a lot of good... Oh, and then they they kind of ended their conference and I was sitting next to um, a bunch of Kiwi guys and uh, and they're like, oh, they're not going to show Cyberpunk. And I'm like, look, if I was showing Cyberpunk, I'd like interrupt him and do like the lights go out type thing and then yeah. fucking drop the trailer that's not exactly what happened but it was pretty close, pretty close. yeah and they yeah. fucking looked at me like what the heck um <laughs> so, work for microsoft yeah no like i just like kind of understand how this shit works but uh i i was also in the same thing being like oh they're not actually going to show it but then i was like oh this is how i'd do it if i was microsoft um, and they yeah. fucking pulled it off, man. Everyone went nuts in that theater. I don't, I don't know if you guys could hear it on the stream, but yeah, as soon as that shit started happening, people didn't really know what was going on. Uh, and yeah. then as soon as the, the kind of like CD started st- stuff kind of went up and, you know, it came up with username red. Yeah. People were fucking going mental in there. Um, really cool atmosphere, but yeah, that, that trailer and that like soundtrack is so good. I'm, yeah. I'm loving that soundtrack so much, um, but I guess we can talk more about that later on. So yeah, overall, I, I got thought- through like 20 minutes of of uh, last week's show. Sorry, Joe, I didn't I didn't listen to it all. Like, <laughs> and I've told Luke this, but I thought it was super neat. Um, at the very very start, you might have talked about this. I hope not. 
at the very, very start of that trailer when it kind of does the glitchy thing and the weird code runs along the screen. Yeah. Um, they did five by five kind of like code segments. And that was um, like Xbox Live codes for The Witcher 3. So the first people that kind of threw that into a, like an Xbox Redeem screen walked away with a copy of The Witcher 3, which I thought was just like the extra little bit on the top of that hmm. of the reveal like that's just cd project red just they're rock stars they don't care they just like throw things away for free they do like ridiculous reveals they have this gigantic bar set up at e3 when you go see their game they don't care and it's, it's i love it yeah they care so much that they don't care it's brilliant that's awesome there, there was another splash screen in there that was a faq about the game as well oh really uh, nice yeah yeah um, but yeah, the cyberpunk reveal was fucking awesome. I didn't, I couldn't really hear it, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, I was fucking popping off. Mm. <laughs> um, cause yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked that they didn't show it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Xbox did, did really well, uh, with that one. They, they showed, showed some cool stuff. Um, next up was Bethesda. Uh, they didn't have a lot of, uh, like titles to sort of um show off but the stuff that they did have was really good i think they had eight games all up but some of them were just sort of logo (laughs) reveals Um, but that's all i wanted man the the fact that starfield is like actually confirmed makes me the happiest person in the world and now like if it is like set in the fallout kind of universe sci-fi that sort of thing like perfect like i'm happy i just want to know it exists as i'm sure people who like the elder scrolls are equally as happy right now knowing that six is a thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm actually swinging the other way on it. You know, uh, I would have preferred they like give us details when we had something a bit more concrete, uh, like something actually of substance. Because I sort of knew Starfield existed. I knew there would be an Elder Scroll, Elder Scroll Six. So yeah, confirmation to me is. Not all that valuable, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, to me, yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Elder Scrolls Blades, the the game everybody has been asking for because everybody wants another mobile game? Yeah. 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 We, um, we played I, it. So. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like it wasn't bad, but it was a mobile game. So yeah. that's that explained. So I shouldn't get it for my Vive then? It's five compatible, don't you? But you can play with me on my uh, iPhone, so maybe you should. Oh, okay, I'll fucking smash you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's it. Yeah, I thought they did good as well. Like they had some awesome games. Um, just as a comment, like last week, you and Nate were talking about how they were doing this like pause for applause type thing at the start. Oh, um, shit. So in the actual it start, it was the whole fucking time. All right. So there was a dude sitting next. So I was with uh, Cleb, uh, one of the guys we play uh, games with, who's also a writer. Um, he was sitting next to me, and then next to him was this other guy that was literally screaming out every ten seconds, really? being like, "All right," <laughs> or "Woohoo!" Every time they like say something like anything at all he was like you tell him tim uh and it was super weird like and you can sort of slightly hear him during the um during the stream and i feel like that was throwing them off a little bit (laughs) um (laughs) 
And then for Rage 2, the guy stood up and started doing the presentation, and that man was Thor, or Magnus, (laughs) as we know him. I feel like he was really nervous, because, yeah, obviously I I met those guys over in, in Sweden, and he... He seemed really nervous up on that stage next to Tim. Like Tim's a guy who's had a lot of uh, experience speaking to big crowds and and sort of presenting games, but I don't think Magnus has really had a chance to do that before in front of like you know hundreds of thousands of people. Um, yeah. So I, f- I felt a little bit bad for him, but you could hear it in Todd his Howard, voice as well. Uh, Todd, Todd Howard's Howard amazing, did ridiculous. Yeah, but then like the guy who was probably the most nervous of the entire press conference was the guy who gets up every single year and talks about the Elder Scrolls Online. And this is like clearly his at least fourth or fifth year doing it. Like, come on, guy, hmm. just you should be fine by now. Really? Or they should get someone else to do it. Imagine you have to go up and talk about some game nobody gives a fuck about again. <laughs> <laughs> But if you know that no one's going to pay attention to you, you should be, like, super relaxed because you're like, oh, this doesn't matter. Like, this is where people are going to the bathroom. This is where they're getting another drink. It's cool. Everybody fucking hates me for this, but I got to go up again. <laughs> My guy in the summer sets. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you you knew this, Joe, but the Skyrim Alexa edition is a real thing. Did you, did you did know that? that? Yeah, like, I got out of that thing, and we all thought it was a joke until PR was like, no, no, that's a, that's a real thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. Uh, well, why not Google Home, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, oh. Fallout 76, they showed that. That looks really cool. Um, I'm interested to, to grief a bunch of people in that game, because apparently um, the map, you can see everybody on the map when you join a server. Um well. So I, I'm thinking the only good way that goes down is if we just kill everybody. Because, yeah, you're not going to be helping anybody, right? No, no. it's kill on site for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing it's about t- between 25 to 30 players on each server at the moment, um, depending on how they go, I guess, with this beta. Um, so, yeah, there's sort of things that I've, I've heard without... Because they didn't actually have it playable. Um, the really stupid thing about that press conference is that they're like, oh, you know, like... You can grieve people, but we think that people are going to be social instead and, you know, like, find these good things to do with one another. Oh, by the way, there are nuclear uh, missile sites yeah. just kind of set up all around the map so you can just blow people up. So, uh, but be nice to each other. Have fun. It's going to be great. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about it. I, I just like my single player Fallout. I was kind of hoping this was more of that. I didn't like the base building of 4 too much either, to be honest. I just want, like, Fallout 3 hmm. in a different setting. Yeah. Yeah, and they- like New Vegas, right? More New Vegas. Oh, that'd work too. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm excited to play it, but it's like the DayZ player in me is excited to play it, and I know <laughs> that guy's going to be. Yeah, he's not gonna like Job. Um, because yeah, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to get Luke to ask them about, um. About what was I trying to get you to ask about? Uh, how, how you do combat logging? Yeah, combat logging because that to me I think will uh, pretty pretty heavily um, set the stage for you know how seriously you can take anything in Fallout seventy six. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't doing anything with that game there, so right couldn't ask. No, anyone. which isn't kind of weird because it's. So, like, November's not too far away. We don't have any news about a beta yet. Like, it's like, yeah, it's coming, guys. Don't worry. 
like, yeah, I'd rather just be able to play it or see it. Bit odd that, yeah, you got to see more cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah, that's apparently two years away or some shit. Yeah. Well, it is a Bethesda game. It could be a bit funny when that game <laughs> comes out. But, I mean, that could be why they're going to run this beta, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm hopeful that it's really good because that, that, like, the stuff they showed looks awesome. But, yeah, I'm, I'll sort of hold back a little bit. <laughs> Um, so that was Bethesda. I thought they did really well as well. So some cool yeah, games. Yeah, Moon Crash. Oh yeah, that that's out, right? Oh yeah, it's out already. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Damn. Okay. Well, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I was sitting here, kind of like, oh, I don't have anything to play for a bit. Uh, I yeah. am not mistaken. Prey was awesome. People need to pray, play Prey. It's yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, Prey was awesome, and Moon Crash is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you played the, the fucking the multiplayer fucking announcement. Holy shit. I'm, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's like that shrubbery game, right? That we, yeah, we used That's to exactly what I was thinking as well, yeah. yeah. One person is uh, the, is the unknown gardener and everyone else is shrubbery. <laughs> you probably never played it, I think, but... Uh, no, but know. I want to from the way that you're describing it. Yeah, you're this pot plant <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the level is literally like hundreds of pot plants. <laughs> And so you could be any pot plant amongst all these pot plants, and one person is the gardener trying to find the pot plants that are, you know, the Other people. Uh, yeah. suicide shrubs. Oh, that's pretty cool. When you want to attack, you just run up and you uh, explode yourself. Uh, and yeah. And then they it made it into a game called Prey Moon, Moon Crash. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Typhon uh, Hunter. Anyway, cool. Typhon Hunter, yeah. Um, right. then Devolver, I assume you guys just didn't no, totally, we didn't totally s- skipped it. I-, I saw snippets of it, um, which it looks like it was just as crazy as last year. Oh, I saw the loot box coin thing. That's about it. Yeah. It was amazing. We weren't actually there it though. Brilliant. It was, it was recorded. Nah, I was <laughs> catching up on news. I had to write yeah. a whole bunch of news from everything else. Well, they showed off, uh, Scum and my friend Pedro and they both look fucking awesome. So. Yeah, I can talk about Scum later. Um, cool. So, yeah, Ubisoft was up next. Uh, I also went to this one, and they kicked off with, like, Just Dance, which was... I don't know how that played on the stream, but in that actual theater, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, having oh, this giant band come through. Yeah, they did. The best part about Just Dance is that it's always crazy. And the best part of this year about Just Dance is that it wasn't actually on their booth, so you didn't yeah. lose your mind having to hear the same song over and over and over. Uh-huh. Oh, and quickly, I'm going to point out that I was flown to E3 uh, by Ubisoft. So if anybody claims that I'm not disclosing, die in a fire. I think I've done it like 50 million times by now. Woo! That said, Ubisoft was clearly the best press conference of the year. Nice one. No, it wasn't really, but it was pretty good. Um, I liked that they went and kind of deep dived some, some Odyssey and some Division stuff. And I'm like super pumped for both of those games. Yeah. I think yeah. all their stuff looks really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it all actually there looks is, really good. There is one game that I care less about than Crackdown 3 just due to believing it will never fucking come out, and that is Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, but no, but jeez. We'll talk about that later. Or I will talk about that later. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff about that game, Job. You probably yeah. shouldn't have said that. 
No, it's good. No, because like it's 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 one of those ones that it almost seems like vaporware, like Duke mm-hmm. Nukem style. But yeah, let's let's save it because there's I got tons of stuff to say yeah. about that. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that um, in in this particular conference, I was sitting next to um, uh, a dev that works on the division, Division Two. Um, I, I see a lot of comments online about people being like, "Why are the media screaming and yelping for like all these games?" It's like, well. It's not just media at this stuff. They bring in like fans and, um, like the first six or seven rows of the Microsoft conference were just Xbox fans. Uh, and then yeah. you've got developers, you've got marketing people, you've got, uh, influencers, uh, streamers, like it's sales not, people. Yeah, sales people. You don't have to, I reckon they in the fucking Ubisoft one, they had like half the development team for Honor in there. It sounded like, um, well, they'd be the only people applauding for that game right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, when people make those comments online, it's not it's not all media. <laughs> I don't know how... Because we've been saying this since the fucking podcast kicked off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Well, if people don't get that media are just jaded and don't care by this point, like, you're listening to The Gap for starters, so that I think that's more apparent here than anywhere else, but we're pretty jaded what? and, yeah. What, what do you mean, what? We go to press conferences and we make fun of things. We go, we went, can I say this? I'm going to say this. Job and I, along with some other people, Nate was there, uh, went to the Battlefield 4 reveal. And in the same trip, a buyer from a retailer in Australia also went and hung around with us. And after the reveal, as we do as, as journalists, we just take the piss out of the game. So much so that the buyer kind of like lowered the amount of games they wanted to buy from that particular publisher. I don't know why I'm saying it in code because we're talking about EA, <laughs> but um, we got in trouble. But it's like, but we're not, we're not, you know, we were just talking amongst ourselves. Yeah. The buyer heard us. Like we were still pretty excited about the game, but as we do, we just, you know, <laughs> tear it to shreds as as we like to because we're critical and that's how it works. Yeah. Anyway, we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were all just trying to make the we're best joke. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to one up each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we are, yeah, we are. Yeah, uh, like, uh, fuck. The amount of times I've been like asleep because <laughs> <in a> <laughs> it's dark and warm, and it's I always the Sony one that I fall asleep in. And yeah. people say that I'm like Sony bi- or like biased against Sony for me to fall asleep in a Sony conference is just like <laughs> the worst thing that can happen. But it's so late and it's so dark. And yeah. usually before they give you like booze and like food truck, it's not a good combination. Hmm. It is a good combination. It's a great combination, but it's not a good combination if you're trying to keep up appearances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, Ubisoft was, was really good. I thought a lot of good games there as well. And they shut off um, some cool content. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about a lot of that stuff afterwards. But yeah, Sony was the last one, I guess. Uh, or second last, if you want to count Nintendo. Uh, but in terms of conferences, yeah, I didn't watch that either. Um, you so, didn't watch Nintendo. You didn't miss a ton, really. Nah. Anyway, yeah. So Sony was the weird one this year. Um, they basically started us off in a like a, a small tent where they had catering and food and whatnot uh, and drinks, and then uh, just before the conference is going to kick off, they started like ushering people in. Um, up these stairs into this sort of hallway and then all of a sudden it just stopped this line um, and so we're waiting in this line for like 15 minutes and there's like hundreds of people huddled on these stairs and in this hallway 
not very happy because we you know we're all standing there it's hot you know it's it's uncomfortable anyway so then they um eventually they start letting us in and we get into this room and it's made up like a fucking church and I'm messaging like Job and the guys and I'm like, I think we're in the Bloodborne church this is Bloodborne 2 guys <laughs> something's going on <laughs> and I managed to get pretty close to the front and and it's not until we get to the front that I realize that like there's nowhere to sit they've kind of got five rows worth of benches like church benches that you can sit on and then that is it the, the rest of it is standing um and by the time i get up front it's all all the seats have been taken so i managed to stand i'm like one row like one row of people behind these benches um and then the next like 10 15 minutes is just people coming into this room and there's easily maybe a couple thousand people in this room by the end of it and and then the conference starts and like Sean comes out and he gives his little spiel uh, and then they bring out the composer for The Last of Us 2 um, and he has a banjo with him and he's going to start playing this song and so he sits down on the stage and then all of a sudden like he starts playing but we can't hear him even though I'm not that far from the stage like we can't hear anything because everybody behind me is talking because they can't they're everyone's standing so nobody can see this guy sitting down on the stage. Um, and at that stage, like, I felt really bad for the guy because I, I don't know if he could hear it, but I could definitely hear everybody talking. Um, and so, and then that finished and then they kind of kicked onto the trailer and the trailer starts and they've got it up on the screen behind the guy. Like, they at no, no stage did they have him on the screen, so nobody could see him at all. It was just really poorly set up. Um, and it wasn't a screen so much as like a TV, wasn't it? Like you said, it was a pretty small screen for the size of the room, so people couldn't really see the screen because as well. Or did I? I'm not too sure because I was so close to the front. I didn't have any problem seeing him or the screen, but it was the doubt, like the hundreds of people behind me that were talking because I just don't think they realized that the thing had started yet because they couldn't see anything, um, yeah. and they weren't sure what was going on. So. As soon as that trailer kind of started, we knew that, oh, okay, they've sort of replicated this room to make it look like the same one that's in The Last of Us Part 2, which is, you know, a cool little touch. Um, sure. So then that finishes, and then there's, like, this awkward pause where nothing happens for about 30 seconds, and we're not sure what's going on. And then this voice comes over, the like, the PA system being like, hey, there's another room. We're going to start, you know, putting you into this other room and whatnot. And then people just start fucking running. Like, they're pushing each other over, like, after the doors are open. And it's just, like, complete chaos. Um, <laughs> and th- they kind of walk us down this... Um, it's set up as, like... It, it turns out to be the ghosts of Tsushima um, sort of themed walkway. Uh, and they've got, uh, like, a separate tent set up where we finally get to sit down. And there's a bunch of chairs and, and a giant screen in there. It's all air-conditioned and whatnot. But... Um, yeah, like I'm messaging Job and the guys being like, what, like, what's going on in the stream? Because I didn't really understand. And apparently they were showing like off new content, but all the media that's in the thing, they had no idea what was happening. So, uh, this went on for like another 15 minutes and it was just really like awkwardly organized. Um, and I think that was a bit of a mistake. Like I understand, like some of us were talking about it afterwards, why they did that. And it's like, well, we understand that. They're trying to make it worthwhile for the people that are there to get something out of it, um, as opposed to doing like what you guys did and was staying at home watching it on the live stream. 
They're trying yeah. to give people a bit more of an experience. And I think it's a cool idea. It was just executed kind of badly um, because we didn't know what was going on. And, and also, like, again, you've got people there that aren't media. So, there's people that are pushing each other over and trying to run through and get to the, you know, the best spot in the house. Um, and it just wasn't coordinated that great. But up until that point, like, everything else went really well. It was really good. I thought it was a really good conference from then on uh, when they actually started showing some more games and weren't making us move around as much. Um, it was just that first Last of Us Part 2 section that was handled a bit poorly um yeah the the deep dives were great it was this i think there's like a weird identity crisis there where this we've seen this kind of shift away from like press conferences where public publishers are going to like talk to the press and tell them about this game and then we have this you know like print lead time that you know gives us two weeks to prepare our thoughts and then you know like go to game pro magazine and tell people what to think about this game. And, you know, like they, we've shifted from that a long time ago to where they can just give the message straight to consumers. And it's like, they did this weird spectacle for the press this time and kind of shot upon consumers. So we, we watched this 20 minute, like pre-show, not pre-show thing where they told us that the show was about to start, but it's like, well, we've just watched, you know, 20 minutes of the last of us. What do you mean? The show is about to start. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird thing that happened hmm. but i liked i like the deep dives and i like that they kind of focused on a few games i don't like that we didn't get a single release date from sony out of that there wasn't a single sony release date that we were given out of any of those games which to me just seems weird yeah other than spider-man i guess right we, we know that's oh yeah but we already knew that yeah the only, the only release date we got was resident evil 2 and that's not even sony that's just capcom so hmm strange yeah and there weren't any real reveals right we we knew ghost was coming i guess control we didn't know about that but that's also re2 and control were like the only kind of big surprises yeah but they weren't they're not like first party games right um no yeah there there, there wasn't anything new from sony apart from like new gameplay yeah and that that was another game i was messaging the guys being like this is definitely remedy it looks so much like a remedy game (laughs) oh instantly yeah yeah um oh in kingdom hearts 3 i had a bunch of like instagram i don't know influencers or something sitting like around me because they were constantly on like a live feed on instagram uh (laughs) and they were screaming when kingdom hearts was on it was it was like six minutes of non-stop screaming um when they were showing the pirates of the caribbean content my ears because they, they, they were they were so desperate for Kingdom Hearts content because, you know, they only saw it at the Microsoft conference and the Square press conference and the Sony press conference. And <laughs> yeah, like, man, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And then the Devolver conference. Um, Was it? A, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, Jeez. And also, like, after all that pushing and shoving in that last room, like, I ended up in the second row, like, in a pretty good spot. So I don't know what the fuck everyone was on about. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really weird, um, but yeah, like I said, after that whole start of that thing, everything else was really good. I thought they had some really good content. Um, Death Stranding, I still do not know what the fuck that is, other than oh, it looks man. like a walking simulator or something. Should he and David Cage just start making movies and just can we just be done with it? Like I'm, I'm kind of excited to play this, but I have no idea what it's about. Well, and he said afterwards like- that, that he specifically wanted to make a trailer that had zero combat. I so I heard, and this is secondhand. Like I don't, I can't remember how I heard it, but I heard all week 
he only gave Kojima only gave a couple interviews uh, at the, like the start of the post press conference E3, hmm. and he wouldn't give any interviews to specialty games press. He would only give them to entertainment press, and he wouldn't talk about the game or the trailer or gameplay. He would talk about like the philosophy of game making and like really generic concepts. So I don't know what to make of that. That seems like I, I guess that I, I guess he's trying to kind of keep everything very secretive and, and kind of keep it a, a big mystery. But like, where do you draw the line with that? Seems a little bit pretentious to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I, I don't like. I don't know if it's made me more interested in the game or not. Um, it's definitely an interesting world <laughs> that he's got building on that he's building there. But yeah, I'm just like I don't understand what this game is yet. It's um, it's like, is it literally just carrying fucking stuff across the map? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Anyway, um, so did you guys like watch Nintendo or the PC no, show? Before you finish, I, I before, don't, you, yeah, before you go, go, um, when they finished the uh, PlayStation conference, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna show you one more game on the stream, right? And then they're like, oh, uh, so here it is. Uh, let's see it. PlayStation pops up and then uh, VR pops up. So any interactive entertainment pops up and then uh, From Software pops up. And oh, like yeah. Fucking... I'll be like, what the fuck? This is it. They did it. These motherfucking crazy motherfuckers. They did it. They cyberpunked us. Yeah, boy. <laughs> right. No, some fucking... I already turned up the stream by then. Some fucking rabbit shit. What was it? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, I didn't like show us. Nick- Nikir, uh, I don't know what it's called. Derosine, it's called. That one. That's what I was trying to say. Close, Nikir. Um, I was not. I think I was just going to say Sekiro, but with an N. Really, is what I was saying. It's, it's not a game. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh, I, I got no thoughts on that. It's From not- Software has so many games coming out. They just don't even care if they're even you know like featured in a press conference anymore. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And no Red Dead either. Yeah, well, but we, we kind of knew that. That's uh, like that's well, like Rockstar doesn't do E three. Yeah, but we we're having to think that that may show up on Sony or or we Xbox just as a trailer. Yeah. yeah, just like to a, a reminder. You know, like sometimes <laughs> people need a reminder because the amount of well, I guess they didn't. The amount of games like that have moved that have shifted away from Red Dead release to like February, as an example. Like, I think we're all very aware that Red Dead. No, I, I mean a uh, reminder in the uh, like King of the Jungle sense, you know that oh. sort of like dick swinging sense. Not a reminder uh, in some sort of meek. Hey, remember us? More, uh, <laughs> yeah, flop, blonk. Guess what's happening, motherfuckers? Red I'd Dead. Imagine, I imagine that both Sony and Microsoft. I think all oh, Microsoft's. I think the marketing um, partner from what you've seen with like the um the pre-order stuff but like i'd imagine they would have thrown a lot of money rockstar's way and rockstar just said no mm. from from the the no presence kind of indicator which is yeah, weird definitely yeah it was disappointing just because i want to see more of that game so mm. uh, now i have to you know fucking wait oh and, wait. you know spy man look like shit as well so anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, PC gaming show or did you watch that at all? Anything exciting out of that? I didn't watch uh, that. No, I'm I can't really talk about it. Yeah, I watched Nintendo. 
Did you guys see the shark game? No. The shark game. It's called Man Eater. It's by the guys who made Depth or a guy who made Depth. And uh, now I just have Nelly in my head. Jesus. Oh, all right. Yeah, you right. Make you... Sorry, Nelly. I'm done. Oh, um, <laughs> not Nelly the rapper. No, um, no, Nelly Furtado. This the, is the true Canadian Nelly. RPG. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> what? No, Nelly's the real Nelly. No, Nelly for okay. Anyway, this, this is this is another two hours on this podcast. Let's just we'll agree to disagree. Man eater, <laughs> the game. Yeah, uh, it's a single player RPG where you're a shark. That's got leveling up and shit, and you just eat people. Looks That's feeding fucking amazing in VR. No, it's not in VR. Oh, I thought it was a VR. It's VR. Never mind. I didn't say. So it says feeding frenzy on PC. What's feeding frenzy? Like an, I think it's an Ubisoft game. I might, I might have made that up. Where you, it's like a mobile game where you just you're a shark and you eat things and level up and become a better shark. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Obviously, uh, it might not be an Ubisoft game. I, I know it's definitely a game. Oh, I see. No, this is more like a. It's a third person like open world it's fucking gta but you're a shark and it's got a leveling system that the sounds three cool, but actually. you're a shark what yeah. it's like cyberpunk but you're a shark and it's not in the future <laughs> oh that sounds great yeah um yeah so that was the only huge thing i think that really kicked my dick in at uh the pc gaming show um cool showed some star citizen stuff i was pretty I surprised a- that uh PUBG wasn't there in some capacity. Yeah, me too. Easy. Well, they came out today with all the update 15 stuff. Oh, we so wouldn't know. We can't play it. it. Ah. <laughs> Classic. Um, harsh. Harsh. So Nintendo had Overcooked 2 and Smash Bros stuff. And, and uh, I think you are forgetting... I forget the name of it. I think it's just called Super Mario Party, isn't it? That is correct, yes. So yeah, they didn't Which have is- that there, though. I'm not crazy about, like, the idea of another Mario Party game, but I do like that you can chain four uh, Switch screens together and make, like, a, a physical board game. Like, you just, like, set them down on the table and your characters will all, like, run through your different linked screens as if it was, like, a square. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But, like, it's also Mario Party. So, just like Smash Brothers, which is literally just every Smash Brothers squished into one game it's like it's nintendo for you here's a whole bunch of things that you've played before but in slightly better resolution enjoy just checking uh that would be oh switch is 460 bucks it'd only it'd only be about two thousand dollars <laughs> for a fucking board game there steve so that's pretty cool hey no, Super man, Mario I, party the two thousand dollar board game i have a switch i barely use it because <laughs> well no like I, I understand the appeal to people who do just have a Switch. Like, you can play all these games like Doom and eventually Wolfenstein and Resident Evil Revelations. You know, like, games that I've played four years ago. Like, you could play now on the, the go. glorious 720p. Well, yeah, like... 15 frames a second. If the games came out... Well, okay, if the games came out at the same date as, like, every other platform, I'd still play Xbox because I'm about my gamer score. But, like... Of course. If they came out the same day, I'd have... I would likely consider playing on Switch. But right now, it's just like Super Nintendo games and old games that you've played before. And 
I can't be excited. So you know what, Mario Party, if someone else has one and we can link them together and have a board game thing, like that makes my $460 purchase like a little more justified. So I'm down, I'm down for that. And God knows that things like Let's Go Pokemon are not going to justify that purchase, but we'll get into that later if you would like. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was all the conferences, yep. I guess. We but- did it, guys, like an hour and a half. Woo. <laughs> Should talk about the uh, games then we saw. <laughs> yeah, I might go first because I saw a game uh, a month ago. It was like literally a month ago, um, an E3 game called Rage 2. I went over to Sweden for this one. Um, yeah. If when- publishers are listening, yeah, a long lead time is amazing. Please let that be a normal thing. <laughs> that is all. Narrator. They weren't. Um, no, God, no. You get like two days notice. It's fine. But also, I can't remember anything about this game because it was a month ago. Um, yeah, but that's but you did your work like three weeks ago, right, Luke? Because yeah, yeah. that's what responsible journalists do. Wink. Yes. It was about three weeks ago. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so Avalanche Studios is working on this one in partnership with id Software. Um Basically, if you haven't played Rage, it's a post-post-apocalyptic game where it's a shooter. Um, the first one, anyway. It wasn't that good. It had a lot of problems. Um, mm. I couldn't play it for a year because it was broken. Uh, yeah. Joe didn't like it. He got in trouble because he reviewed it pretty badly. And no, I uh, reviewed it well. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's just negative. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so this is like the the sequel obviously and it looks completely different right they've going for this i guess oh, it feels completely different yeah it's yeah. like it's like a reimagining or not a reimagining but they've decided to use some color um during the 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 actual presentation like tim willits was talking about how they did the best browns uh, better than anybody else like they had so many shades of brown um yeah. and this time like seeing the game there's basically all these different types of biomes they've got and they're colorful there's like greens and reds and and yellows and there's pinks going pinks. on like lots of bright colors which is really cool um and the idea is they kind of want to take id's shooter combat and merge that with avalanche's open world system um because avalanche have done games like uh the hunter uh, which is a first-person hunting game, which is really good. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, they've it's done on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, but I'm trying it right now. I'm downloading it. It's anyway, it's cool. good. It's good if you you'll nice. you'll be patient though, <laughs> extremely patient. Um, is it like a Cabela game or like completely different? Sorry to derail. It's this like game. a real like a hunting simulator. Have you played a Cabela game? Um, Cabela's like- hunting blah blah blah. Yeah, those those are sort of arcadey compared to this. This is like oh really? You're blonked down in the middle, like you blonked down at this fucking hunting lodge, and then you walk out from there. You pick some guns, and then you walk out from there, and you spend the next four hours tracking a single deer. <laughs> nice. Also yeah. awful, but nice. Okay, cool. And you've got to have like the right gear because if you don't, then sometimes they'll smell you, your scent, and yeah, just always. It's like pretty hardcore. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to derail. So you were saying that That's they combine cool. id with with Avalanche and yeah. Avalanche made Hunter. Yeah, the Hunter, uh, Mad Max, um, Just Cause is the other game they're known for, and, and I guess most recently, uh, Generation Zero was announced by them, um, which is like this weird robot Left for Dead type game. It looks like, um, and obviously, yeah, Just I got Cause I got 4. to check it out. Okay, I'll cool. talk about that later. If you want. Um, so yeah, it's it's 
we saw like a uh, a story mission that they had um basically it was you meeting up with one of the uh, original characters from the first rage um and it's set 30 years afterwards um and it's not john goodman it's not John Goodman, and he's also not in the game. <laughs> he's not returning. Uh, you play as a character named uh, named Walker, Walker, who is like Texas of- Ranger. Yeah, who is a ranger. And as soon That's as I, I said, said that, I was like, okay, yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, who has these like uh, he's basically like one of the last rangers. He's kind of his home has been destroyed, and he's got to go out there and avenge him and all that sort of shit. Um, yeah, and he's actually a voice character this time, so there's a lot of dialogue, and it seems to be quite from the scene that we saw, really story focused. Like the the actual dialogue between the two two characters went on for um, a couple of minutes, so that's that's really interesting change they put in there. Um, and so basically, you end up at this Eden Space Center after uh, a bit of vehicle combat, which I guess they borrowed from. Um, a little bit more of the Mad Max stuff because it was in the last game, but not it wasn't done that great. So you can definitely see they've taken influence from Mad Max and, and kind of put that vehicle uh, style combat in there, which is really cool. I didn't get to play any of that, but um, the demo they showed us was, I think, a 30 or 40 minute demo, but the gameplay demo that we played was only about 15 minutes. Um, so they didn't even show that at E3 as far as I'm aware, unless it was behind closed doors, but yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, did you play the demo as well or just kind of skip it? I, I So the demo that I played uh, at Avalanche was basically the Eden Space Center onwards. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like you you end up in like a kind of like a area complex. with containers and you go in a building yep. and you run up the building and you see something. Yeah, okay. So I that's what I played yeah. at E3. And so basically um yeah, you, you start, it's, it's completely open world. They talked about how you can pretty much play this game in a, like it's a non-linear story. They don't really force you to, um, follow these, like, story missions. It's kind of something they want where you stumble upon them, or they kind of are trying to draw you to this certain missions, um, which is an interesting way to do it. I kind of talked to them in my interviews about how they do that. Um, so that was kind of a cool concept, which we'll see if that actually works. And, um, and yeah, so we, you get to this Eden Space Center and it's pretty much just like shooting a bunch of dudes and going through um, and you're working your way to to the um, control panel that's in there. And they kind of give you all these different abilities um, that they throw at you. They, they, they're using uh, nano trites, they're called. Um, the ones we saw were a shatter ability, slam. There's like a, a dash, a double jump. Um, and I think there's a bunch more that they've got, which we didn't actually see, but it, it's, yeah, it, it's kind of, they're going for what they call like a push forward combat. So kind of like what's in, um, Doom. Or, oh, it's or, totally Doom. Yeah. Or, or even like going back to the days where like Call of Duty had that, they're always trying to get you to go forward. Cause if you don't go forward, there's always enemies respawning. Um, but this is, this doesn't do the respawning thing. It's just trying to get you to, keep engaging in combat and the way they do that is they've got a kill streak system um so the quicker that you kill enemies uh you get sort of like these uh i think they're the nanotrites again oh no they're called nanotrite energy or something like that so you get this energy and that allows you to sort of power up your weapons and go into like an overdrive mode and that's when you can sort of it he he sort of called it light quad damage and then sort of 
uh, like went back and said, no, it's, you know, that's not what we're calling it, but you can understand it's, it's kind of like quad damage. Um, yeah. so that powers you up and you, you sort of just start destroying dudes really easily. Um, and I felt like the gunplay was pretty, it felt good considering that they haven't made a shoot like an action shooter before. Um, like it felt fine to me. What do you think, Steve? It, it felt like Avalanche did a, an id game. It felt, it felt like Avalanche did Doom. And if, like, I, cause I, I only recently, I missed Rage completely and it's like six bucks right now. Yeah. On Xbox Live like backwards compatibility 360 to, to xbox one so I, I bought it i played maybe like oh like an hour is probably generous and i went through the first dungeon and i was playing it like pretty cautiously like just hanging back and like trying for headshots and not like pushing up so my limited experience with rage and the 20 minutes with rage 2 like are mm. completely different beasts like rage rage the original rage to me is like i don't know a standard on like cautious shooter and rage rage 2 was was doom but like yeah. with color and flair and a bit of personality which i don't think id has like i think that i think that's wholly avalanche's yeah um like injection into the the franchise so like i'm not i'm not really keen to play more of rage but i'm i'm fairly interested in rage 2 which makes me pretty happy yeah, yeah, like from what I saw seemed really promising. Um and and sort of just like I feel like it was it felt good to play. Um they talked about how they were flying basically people from id across to help them with the combat because they hadn't done a you know, an action shooter before. Um yeah. and yeah, obviously the news we got out of this was Avalanche is the main developer. Um it is still working with it. Uh they they're basically having meetings like every every week uh, in early production they were doing it all the time they were flying people uh across to sweden so it's not like hey it's just giving them the license or whatever and they're just working it, it is a collaboration i didn't get a number in terms of like oh they're doing 30 percent of the work or anything like that but that sounds like they are definitely helping these guys along in some it's, capacity it seems like it's a, like an avalanche project and yep. they're they've drawn a lot of influence from id yep which is crazy because like it, as much as from software is doing like avalanche has so many games like just cause four yeah. generation zero they're doing this like and they're all not like you know coming in 2020 they're all like games that are coming out reasonably soon which is it's good like avalanche hmm. is doing good things i'm kind of keen on all the things that they're doing yeah definitely um so yeah, it, like from what I've seen, it feels pretty good. Um, what else can I say about it? There's no no level loading. It's all completely open world. Uh, what did we get out of? You're it? just reading your notes now. Yeah, That's no, I've got is. notes on my on my um, <laughs> on my phone here that I'm going through. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just drawn back the curtain. Yeah, no. crafting system. It's got a crafting you system. This podcast. I don't know. Job, you haven't talked for like 20 minutes. What's going on? Yeah, I've got nothing to say. What am I supposed to say? You both have played this fucking game. And- well, do you have questions? Well, you're, gonna- you're, you're the inquisitive uh, listener at this point, <clears throat> mate. Well, I was waiting for Luke to finish talking and get to the part where he's just reading from his fucking notes. Oh, well, yep. he, he, we're there. The other yeah. thing I will say, have- <laughs> I just saw saw from my notes. Um, like I said before, the uh, the main character Walker talks. They had a male voice in there. 
I asked them uh, if you'll be able to select your gender and they told me um, that they'll be talking about that a bit more in the future. So, that so made yes. me kind of think that's that could be a yes or it could be a no and they don't want to uh, get people upset. So, from, from what you've experienced, is this person like, is it that person's story enough that he is decidedly a male? Um, like not from what I've seen. Does he wave his dick at anyone? Yeah, not that I've seen. Um, (laughs) like it's yeah, I don't know how to take it. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure. After after Job's question period, that's a great segue that gender thing to the game that I'll talk about next. If you don't mind, sure thing. Perfect. Job questions. Job's questions. That I just want to point out that you asking me why I haven't spoken is like if like. You were at a bar and they were pouring you a drink and they got halfway through and then they were like, why aren't you drinking it yet? Well, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the drink to be finished, mate. You know, that's that's all. Drink already, why don't you? <laughs> uh, anyway. You, um, you know why? You, you drink, your drink is poured, mate. I was just, what? But, uh, what? But why? Do you know why? Why? Luke. Oh, do you know why? I was going to say because... Oh, um, did you strike out, motherfucker? <laughs> no, you were saying, did you know why? I thought you were going to finish the sentence. No, it was, that was like a total setup. But anyway, you're yeah. good. Um, what do you I, know why? Yeah. This, this joke will be worth it. Tell us. Because <laughs> we all went to Tom's Urban Bar and never got served. That's why. <laughs> that place is a fresh reference. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what happened? Oh, they just it, it was awful. That's fine. Oh, shit. Okay. It's like the closest major pub that's large enough, like for people to get in without a forty-five minute wait, like in, oh. in walking distance from E3, and it's just a shithole. Yeah, we we struggle. There's, there's a reason why no one goes there, and it's because they're shit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, talk about your game, Steve. No, uh, Job. Question period. Oh, I believe okay. is first. <laughs> Job, you have to ask a question. One question you get. Oh, oh, I get one. Ooh, I that's get, that's oh. good. Just one each. That's brilliant. Run one each. <laughs> um, good. Oh, uh, man. I had, I, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, it was saying there, there was a big fucking deal made out of you can drive anything. If you see it, you can drive it. Yeah. I didn't drive Did anything. F- right. <laughs> I, I, I told you that we didn't get to drive. We, we got to do the combat stuff. I saw the yeah, drive. I know. That's it. But. Like, does it seem like there's going to be a lot of different fucking, like, vehicle types? Does it seem like that is a bold claim to make? Or is it just sort of like there's fucking cars with four wheels and fucking you can drive? They were that. saying the same thing during our presentation. And I'm guessing, like, the one that they did for us was, the, you know, their warm-up or their, you know, testing the waters. Right. Um So, yeah, it sounds like there could be a lot of vehicle stuff in there. And, and like, looking at Mad Max... There was a huge emphasis on that game on, on vehicle combat and, and upgrading your car and um, upgrading weapons and that sort of thing. So, And vehicles was pretty important in Rage 1 as well, although not anywhere near as important as Mad Max. Yeah. I was just sort of wondering if there was going to be like aerial vehicles or stuff like that, you know, because obviously Just Cause has it. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually a- answer a different game. question for you. Um, Perfect. The, the, the AI in it, uh, they were talking about how... You remember the AI in the first one was really, like, garbage. all over the place? And, no, it was fucking awesome. What are you talking about? Um, it was garbage. It was scripted as fuck. 
You're, you're scripted. The, um, what they're doing with this one is like there's different factions and they'll have different beha- behaviors. So the ones that we saw, Steve, in our demo were, um, they weren't really supposed to use cover as much. They were kind of just supposed to run at you and just That's get convenient. really up in your face. Um, where other guys will, will have a bit more, uh, they'll work together. No, don't worry. Way. By the time the game's out, we'll definitely have coded some, <laughs> some AI. AI. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that, there's your there's your answer to the question that you asked. No, per, what a perfect answer. Yeah. Anyway, gender fucking studies the video game. Tell us, Steve. So, so that took half an hour to go through one game. So I think like we maybe pick like our favorite games, Luke, and just like ignore the rest. But I did that because that mind, we went on the trip. That was the only reason. Why. No, it was good. Oh, oh, good. Well, <laughs> as I'm sponsored by uh, Ubisoft, I'd like to talk now about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, and o- only because you, you were talking about the, the gender thing and the possibility of a gender thing. And I, I had a lot of access to Odyssey because of said arrangement. So I played probably like four hours of Odyssey. So I played through the entire demo as Alexios, who is the male, and Cassandra, who is the female. And from that demo, at least, I can tell you that like 100%, they are the same person, traits, uh, speech, Every asset, every facet of their personality is exactly the same, except just one guy is named Alexi Olsen has a dick, and one girl is named Cassandra and has a vagina. I, I don't say vagina a lot. I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> I just like, wish you'd said vagina. <laughs> boys have a penis, girls have a vagina, uh, and no one has a tumor. So, like, literally, like everything that you play, it's it's the same exact. Uh, so there, there, oh, there's so much stuff to this. It's so if if Origins was a half RPG in the Assassin's Creed world, uh, what Ubisoft Quebec has aimed to do is make this a full RPG in the Assassin's Creed world. So there's this amazing dialogue system. There are all these kind of different um, elements that you can kind of uh, tweak and and twist and change and and make it less of a game where you're watching cutscenes after doing. Uh, a mission and actually like working through a mission and then going into a cutscene and and altering the cutscene from within to really have a say in what your character can do. So um, the cool thing that I picked up from this, and I'm a big Gabo uh, and stuff and things like that, is that you can be a man and have a gay relationship or a heterosexual relationship where you can just uh, to be uh, bisexual or as a female you can do exactly the same kind of thing. So uh, in the demo that we played, you go to an island called Delos and you land with the intention of helping a kind of like a local faction. And you have to kind of go and do the Assassin's Creed things. So you go through and there's all these things in the mini map. And for each mission or like submission that you go and complete, you sway the island to your favor. Yeah. So you like lower their nation power. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're playing as a Spartan, uh, and I fr- it's set in like 431 BC, and it's the Peplosian War or something that resembles that word. Um, so it's the Spartans versus I think the Peplosians or something like that. Sounds like an um, yep. I'm not reading my notes. I'm just going off the cuff, Luke. Um, <laughs> but like, so, got so, him. So you're the red dudes who like kick people off cliffs. And like, because this is Sparta, and you're like the 400, uh, and you're against the blue Wait, dudes. Did you say 400? Did you say 400? Well, it's not like 400. I think we've you're lost like, Steve. Uh, that's unfortunate. Am I gone? What? Huh? 
I don't get it. It's three hundred. Like like the movie three hundred or <laughs> Oh is it oh shit! You're gonna be at a four hundred reference and I'm like, oh damn it! <laughs> no Well you know what I meant. Anyway. Well that's that's embarrassing. If you hear me clicking on my keyboard when Luke goes next, it's because I'm maybe uh, amending a story. Um you know what I meant. Damn it. So Isn't anyway, it a good thing that Spartan. we brought it up though? Thank you, because... thank you, thank you so much so very much. You're a Spartan, you're against the blue guys. They're yep. they're they're not basically well and also this is the first Origins was the first Assassin's Creed game in the timeline. No 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 no. Now you're ahead of that. So you're playing like the very first Assassin's Creed game before they're even considering themselves assassins and you're a Spartan. But it's also continuing the story of Layla Hassan, who was the uh, modern day storyline of Origins. So she, if, if you've played it, she was a an Aster- Abstergo employee who did some stuff and maybe she didn't end up in an Abstergo employee. I'm trying not to ruin it, but I'm doing a horrible job. That storyline continues. Ubi told me that if you don't really like the modern day stuff, you can kind of basically ignore it and skip it and just like go straight back into the Animus. And that was basically like Origins itself, which makes me disappointed because the reason that I got into uh, Assassin's Creed originally is because I really liked the Desmond Miles story and that has kind of it was alien steve exploded well, but like at the end of that entire arc like the aliens were gonna like take the world over and it kind of just fell to the wayside yeah yeah exactly like it's fine don't worry about I'm, it i'm the same as you i was really invested in that that stuff i know joe and i wanted that i wanted that game at the end of assassin's creed 2 where if you put all the pieces together you got that like really cool movie of like people in the future doing all this parkour and yeah like we're in the future and that's just that's died but that aside it's just it's really rewarding so i was a level 18 character who spawned in and you're supposed to do all these things around the island to get to about level 23 and just like in origins if you are a lower lower level character and go up to a boss that's a couple level levels higher than you it's going to be a very very challenging fight and I just went, screw it. I'm not going to do any of the side missions. It's going to go straight to the boss. going to get this done. Like and you're like a boss. And you have all these tools and all these, like, this, the skill tree from Origins is back. It's Origins with all these, like, little extra improvements. It's quality of life. It's not, like, the most innovative thing hmm. in the world. But it's it's just enjoyable. Yeah. And it's not it's not a yearly Assassin's Creed release where you're just seeing the same game just regurgitated over and over and over there's you know like gender choice there's this dialogue system you can choose to in in as part of this, the main storyline like embed yourself with this little resistance cell and either just help them or as part of helping them kind of side with a husband or a wife duo and kind of pick one or the other and that causes the other to get pissed at you or you can do that but also sleep with one of those two people and really piss them off. And as all these things happen, the story, like it's not going to be groundbreakingly different, but like the story just subtly changes and you're making it a story that's your own. And yeah. I don't think in, in Assassin's Creed, you've ever gone to someone and said, Oh, you know, like I went and assassinated this guy and like this happened and this happened and maybe like, this happened like you would in maybe like a, a mass, uh, a mass effect game. Hmm. Like everyone's gameplay is going to be 
different to the point where you're going to talk about it with people like, Oh, like I killed him and this happened or I slept with this person and, and that caused this to happen. And there's going to be all these like conversations that come up as a result of the decisions that you make that makes this something that makes me really excited for Assassin's Creed again. And I'm, I'm like super keen to play it. Yeah. There's also this um, like the naval combat from uh, black flag is back. So you, you get on this, um, gigantic ship that is yours and you can do all the kind of black flag stuff um, you can also just go in the world and uh, Ubi told me that you can basically recruit any NPC that you see in the world to be a crew member on your ship as to what that means I have no idea but I'm just kind of excited about the idea of just like building your own crew customizing the ship hmm. doing what you want like seamlessly going in and out of this boat and, and doing what you feel like. Uh, and there's something called Conquest, which is like a mission a mission type that pits 150 versus 150. I realize now that equals 300, and it all makes way more sense. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, 150 versus 150, they're all NPCs, so it's not like a Battle Royale kind of thing where like you're joining into this random multiplayer thing. It's all single player. Um, but it's this really cool, gigantic fight and we saw some of those kind of like encounters in origins where like there's a, a whole bunch of people and and you kind of sway the tide of battle this is that to the nth degree so it's 150 versus 150 you're essentially the commander of the spartans versus the i think the pebelosians and you just fight people and they come at you from all sides it's that new assassin's creed combat where it's not like people waiting around you in a circle that attack you one by one you have to really like plan how you fight all these people yeah and occasionally like a couple commanders will pop up on the screen and if you really want to win this battle you have to go in and single them out and take them down and there's like sub bosses and mini bosses there's people that are like legitimately difficult to to take down and it's just really fun to have gone and, and done that um and it's like I don't know how often that pops up, but like playing that the one time was really really fun, just to kind of go and 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 be the leader of this gigantic team against another team, and like feel like I was the one who was swaying the tide of the battle. It's good. I, I feel like I'm trying to summarize really quickly because I want to get through more games than just like one or two. Yeah, that's cool. Job question time. Job, you, you a question. Two. I've got two questions. I've got two questions. Um. One. You played it too, though, right? Just to, to, to confirm. Yeah, I did play it as well. It's it's anything good. to add? No, I uh, I had here naval combat, but you've marked that off, so that's good. Bam! Oh, smash! Cool. All right, Luke. Going down the list. Uh, so <laughs> solid, question. solid fist bump. First, quick quick question. Uh, did you ask anyone? You obviously had unprecedented access. Mm. Uh, did you ask anyone if they realized that Alex or Alexius Alex could be a girl's name and they could have saved a fuck ton of money on VO? <laughs> they just called everyone. Alex or Al or some shit? No. no. I did find that Alexios, uh, his voice work is a lot more, uh, like, pompous and arrogant than Cassandra. Mm. Right. But I think that's more, like, just the way that I interpreted it. I don't know, I don't know if that's, mm. like, a thing that you can actually... I don't know. Like, maybe Luke didn't feel the same. I don't know if he got to play both. You know what I felt? I felt he is definitely the prettiest man we've had. As, oh, he's uh, super sexy. Holy shit. As, uh, right. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I'll play as him just because I'm gonna look at him. He's he's fine, dude. He's fine. Yeah, I'm gonna be gay as fuck. Oh my god. Anyway, 
Cool, cool. I yep, so- um, <laughs> the other question is, uh, at the end of the trailer, they teased this uh, Minotaur in a labyrinth. Did you get to see anything to do with that? Mm. We did not. No. I did not, anyway. Nah, no supernatural like, stuff that I saw. Interest peaks? Yeah? Yeah, fuck yeah. Well done, Ubi. Pretty good. Yeah, definitely. If you liked Origins, this is Origins on steroids. Is is the easiest way to describe this? It's it's yeah. it's probably the game that I've been most ex- excited about in the franchise since like two. Two is my favorite AC game, and nothing's really come close. But this, well, I, I really liked Origins, but I really, really like this more. And I think the thing that Ubisoft still gets wrong is that I liked two so much, and I really like liked Ezio. And then I got to play as Ezio for a couple more games. And I'm not crazy about the way that they just go, like, here's Bayek, here's this cool guy. And you, you like him? Well, like, when, we're never going to visit him again. Yeah. So enjoy. <laughs> um, so at, at least this way, because you have more influence over the story, like, you get to have more of a connection to the character. And if you never get to see this character again, at least you're going to identify with him or her more. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I was a big fan of Origins, so I think it was in my top five. I don't remember where it was, but it was up there. So, yeah, I'm keen. Super keen. Nice. Um, All right, I might talk about uh, the first thing that I saw at E3, which is Scum, um, because I know we've had people ask us about this one. Um, This is like an Eastern Eastern European type game where it's- they're very big into the DayZ uh, scene. Um, yeah. and they were talking to me about how like they were big fans of Daisy, but like Daisy kind of just never went anywhere. Um, yeah, that's fair. It, this is like one of it could be one of the most hardcore survival games that I've ever seen. It's got like so many insane systems in it. Uh, the concept is that everybody uh, in this future has um, is watching this TV show. And all these people in the TV show have to go out there and um, and basically survive this this reality TV thing. And you get more fame as you um, you complete tasks or, or or get kills or scavenge f- for things. Um, okay. And there's like sort of like uh, different ways that you can approach it. You don't actually have to go around uh, killing people if you don't want to. You can just be like a scavenger that goes around and and finds uh, things without the world and completes missions. Um, or you can be somebody that goes around and just uh, murders people. Um, and and basically, they've got these like mini games that sort of happen within this world where it's like, all right, there's going to be an event in this section. If you're in this section here and you want to be a part of it, then stay here. Otherwise, get the fuck out and leave. Um, so if you're part of like one of the passive sort of groups and you, you kind of want to get out of there and just avoid that area. Um, but like coming back from that, it's, it's got all these systems in there where like you're monitoring your, your weight, uh, the food you take, the water, um, you know, how much energy you've got. There's like different parameters in terms of like your intelligence and your stamina and, and just like the, like the whole RPG system, but, on steroids, there's like so many screens that are going on. Um, just as an example, you look at your food intake and there's like 15 to 20 different like vitamin screens, like vitamin B, K, C, <laughs> just like all these ridiculous numbers that are going off. Uh, and it's tracking all these things and, and all these different things allow you to do certain stuff and affect the way that you can kind of maneuver throughout the map. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I've not seen that type of detail in a survival game before. Um, you know, tracking your oxygen meter and your heart rate. Um, it, it's just, yeah, I don't know how to explain like, it. You, it's, is it manageable? You haven't, yeah, do you think you haven't seen it before because, like, it's enough trying to manage food and water yeah. in a survival game? But and- they're trying to go that one step further where, um, they're just like, hey, you're eating this certain type of thing, and these are the things it's going to affect. Um, now you got scurvy. Yeah. So, like, the idea of minute, like, as as a game to me is really interesting. Like, you have, like, a minute to decide what to do, and, and you know, mm. like, you keep learning and, and iterating. But, like, that game to me is enough to make me so anxious that I would never do it because I don't like the idea of, like, just, like, that set timer. And I'm, I'm not crazy on survival games that make you manage so many things where I, was, I get too anxious to play them is like, did you get that kind of feeling from it or is it? I, well, I think the, I think the, like the idea of like, like having that many systems is to create a, a sense of regression that is outside of an actual progression mechanic. Yeah. And so the reason that they all layer on top of one another is because you're supposed to, at some point, not have to think, you're not supposed to be thinking about all that shit. It's just hmm. supposed to be sort of second nature knowledge for you. And, you know, you, okay, I'm going to go to Cherno to get uh, some, you know, sackcloth so I can make an uh, improvised backpack so I can head to north north west airfield so i can get a gun and none of these things are yeah. things you're actively like making cognitive decisions on these are just the way like, you are <laughs> the, yeah this is this is just what you're doing in the game yeah and I think- yeah and he kind of like talked about that well like if you want to have this specific type of character say it's you know you want the arnold schwarzenegger character you need to have your you need to be eating a lot. You need to be exercising all the time. Um, whereas if you want to be like a, a skinny guy, you know, you don't have to scavenge for as much food because your metabolism is so much lower than everybody else. But obviously, these two types of characters have different benefits, um, you know, and it just depends on the type of playstyle that you want to get in there and do it. And they're trying not to force people uh, into specific playstyles. It's just kind of like you do the game that you want to do, but these are things you might need to manage if you do it this way. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting, like, way of approaching it. And I just... They're a super small team. I think they're only half a dozen, maybe more. They've been working on it for a couple of years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, in Indie Studio, I think they're based out of somewhere around Croatia, maybe, I think they said. Um, yeah, like, super ambitious type of game. It seems to be yeah. getting a lot of traction online in that sort of Daisy fashion um, like Escape from Tarkov type scene where people are really clinging for the uh, like a hardcore survival action game. Um, yeah. And the mechanics they've got going in here, just apart from the survival stuff, is really interesting. Things like these, like the, the missions that I talked about, like the whole get out of this area or you'll be in trouble. Um, you can actually stay outside of that area and try and keep, kill people that are inside of it. But there's like fucking giant mech robots that are patrolling the outside of it and they'll kill you. <laughs> just like, right. cause I was about to ask him, like, what if I just stand and he like explains it to me without me even asking? He's like, oh, by the way, these are things we thought about. It's just all these insane ideas. And I saw the game running and it seemed like it seems to be running pretty well. Um, I think they're having early access quite, quite soon. So, um, it's on Crytek, right? 
Uh, I'm not sure, but it looked really pretty. I, I can't remember. It, it said powered by G, uh, NVIDIA. Dude came in and put a sticker on it as we were, cause I was literally the first, first one of the day. Oh, nice. Um, which, which is telling because we talked for 70 minutes and then got kicked out. Um, <laughs> cause this, this dude was so passionate about this game. That sounds and- like an end of day thing. Well, well done. Like you, you yeah, ruined awesome. everyone's schedule for the rest of the day. Everybody <laughs> else's devolver appointment was 30 minutes, except for these guys. They had an hour and we got to 70 minutes and the PR people were getting a bit upset about this guy talking all the time. But I was excited to check it out. It looks insane. Like one of the most insane games that I saw that was there. Um, and it's definitely something I feel like our group would jump in and play because it looks bonkers. Uh, and just the like yeah. amount of systems that these guys are talking about doing and the ideas that they've got going for it. Um, whether or not they all work in conjunction with each other when the game is sort of implementing all those things. Um, but it sounds ambitious and interesting to me. Yeah, ever since Ghoulies brought it up, I've been like fucking hanging out for it. I'm well about this game. Yeah. Um, Steve, if you go to like Google and just type in, I think like scum screenshots or something, you'll see like a screenshot of just one of the UIs of just graphs and shit going on. Like involved it is? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It's got like, you watch the video and it's like a fat dude who runs really slow and can't get through doors and shit. And it turns out it's because he's eating too many fucking, too much food or whatever the fuck. That's yeah, just, like I'm down for uh, this. It's lunacy, and there's like this fame system behind it. So when you do complete tasks, like people like that, and if you're a fat guy that does it, even though you're slower than everyone else, like the people watching the TV show think it's hilarious because you're a fat guy that's doing really well. And so you get my point. <laughs> just like all this crazy stuff. It's what so it's so funny. Um, and they just seem to have thought about just weird mechanics. That I hope they can pull it off because. Um. Yeah, it, it seems it really. Did you ask uh, ask about combat logging or what? I literally didn't get a chance to ask this dude anything okay. because he talked for seventy minutes, and What's then he's super excited. And he didn't. Let this guy have his video game. It's I great. didn't get to see much of this game. I saw maybe a minute and a half, two minutes of it in action because he was talking the entire time about all these systems, like going through all the screens, being like, "This is the character creator screen," and it all looks slick, like really slick stuff. Um, you know, this is our, our, our BCU and our ICU monitor. Um, and, and this is the way these systems work. And here's what happens when you do this. And then like the lady's like banging on the door being like, it's time to leave. And I'm like, uh, are you going to the devolver party <laughs> on Wednesday? Cause I really want to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, I did and you didn't. Yeah. I, 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 I asked, <laughs> but apparently it was too hard to find people. So I gave up. Oh. Yeah, um, I, I tried to find uh, Mark from Metacritic because I've never met him and it didn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, anyway um, we, we'll, we'll get some codes for that. Uh, I've got some hookups. So, yeah, we can definitely check that out at some stage when it hits early access. It sounds like it's going to be soon, which is cool. Nice. Awesome. Um, what did you say, Steve, that you liked on that first um, Since we've talked about it quite a bit already, I'm going to talk about Generation <laughs> Zero next, I think, um, which yeah. is an avalanche game. They're getting a lot of love tonight. I'll talk about uh, the next yeah. game next. <laughs> <laughs> which I got to see as part of um, an ID at Xbox appointment at Microsoft. Cool. So it's, yeah, as Luke was saying, it's it's kind of like cool shooter where you're in uh, Sweden. Uh, you and your group uh, have kind of just disappeared 
for a little while you were like off camping or something and you get back to the mainland and you find that just like robots have taken over hmm. so like the easiest way to kind of describe it is basically a combination of like maybe horizon zero dawn with a just cause game um which is doing it an injustice but that's kind of the easiest way to get your brain into it um so you can play up to four player co-op uh and when you're playing as a group you're not tethered so you can go across the entire map individually and just do what you want um and it's it's like super duper uh like stranger things inspired like nostalgia and crazy stupid like outfits and mohawks and neon and walkmans and boom boxes um but the the boom boxes actually play to the game so um you have just normal weaponry and you're fighting against these kind of robotic uh enemies and like the lowest level enemy type is called a runner and it basically looks like a dog that maybe has like a submachine gun or a shotgun kind of like strapped to its back and you aim for the headshots or you can kind of like level up your character and get scanners which will kind of show you weak points on enemies and you go and kill the enemies but if you have like a boom box you picked up you can you know like set it down on the ground start playing the boom box and use that as a lure to attract enemies uh to that location and even better you can then shoot the boom box which like sets off an electrical <laughs> spark which disables the enemies and that kind of like just takes them down for a bit and you can you know like lay some damage into them it's it looked not like basic but it looks it's not as detailed as maybe it like as a just cause game or as rage 2 is but yeah it's it's done by a smaller team at avalanche and they're self publishing so it's kind of like whatever they want to do works um and it's just, it's it's it looks enjoyable it looks kind of like a, a scavenging game where you can kind of go in and make your own way in this world um and it, it's just that kind of like hit this weird niche with me where it's, it looked really really good and i've been watching like the rain on netflix which is a really good show if you haven't watched it you should mm-hmm. um so it looks like sweden it feels like sweden it's just this kind of like game that you weren't prepared for that's just kind of like here and in your face and if you like shooters and like a little bit of strategy and stealth and like nostalgia i think it'll kind of like tap that like a little itch that you have in the back of your head so yeah i highly recommend it questions or we can just continue on yeah no i think we talked about this uh when the trailer sort of came out and I felt like it looks really interesting, but at the same time seemed pretty plain at the moment or basic. Yeah. It's going to be, it's not going to be as detailed as, as other avalanche games, but like, it's a small, it's a small group of people like trying self publishing. Yeah. Um, But that's not to say don't, check it out because what i've seen looks pretty polished and enjoyable it's not like a triple a game by any stretch but it's it's not like buggy or gross by any means it's just they they have a a kind of specific objective and they've they've hit it from what i've seen and it's it looks like it'd be quite fun right um cool i might talk about avalanche's other game then (laughs) just the avalanche podcast clearly (laughs) Yeah. yeah just cause four this game looks nuts. It's insane. 
Um, it, w- it was a 30-minute presentation, so I didn't get to play it. Um, but they had a... Yeah, they had so many cool things showing off in, in this demo. It, they've basically taken, like... Just Cause is, is sort of on this level where they, they throw you in this playground and it's just all physics-based stuff. And it's kind of like, here's a bunch of missions and go around and just kind of do what you want. Um, and there's like a story as well. And it's kind of not that great, but whatever. Um, they've, they've like realized that people really love the physics stuff and then taken that to a completely different level. Um, so it's, the game's kind of based on this, another fictional South American island. Uh, and you're in this playground where <laughs> they've implemented a bunch of new mechanics and, and some of them are very like physics based stuff. So the, the, one of the first things they talked about was, this new wind system um and one of them like in the game you can kind of see the the like the contours is that the word um like where the wind is kind of going and you can use that to glide along with um which is really i guess handy for uh rico's glider now um right but it also affects another system which i'll talk about a bit later later on but the um, you remember his grapple hook that you used to get around with? You can now yeah. use that to put boosters on things and like your gadgets, so you don't actually have to be up and like on the thing you want to put the gadget on. You can sort of just grapple t- the boosters to things, and so like they're showing us all this crazy shit. They're like putting them on containers, um, all these boosters, and then sort of just hitting the button and watching the container blow up a bunch of shit or, or like knock out a, a group of people. Um, they've got these boosters that kind of uh, have like a balloon on them and it like lifts stuff into the air. Um, and then you can kind of destroy the balloon, hit a button and it'll kind of just drop the thing into the, the, gr- the ground. But you can also, there's like a upgrade for that where you can make these balloons follow you around. So you can basically tie a bunch of these balloon things to explosive barrels or cars or whatever um containers crates and then use rico and glide away and these things will follow you and so you could take them to like an enemy base and just drop them on the enemy base um or have them as like say they're containers you can use them as platforms to get around the place just like insane things that nobody would ever think of like when you watch just cause 4 videos and you're like that is stupid. I never thought of that. It's just like <laughs> they're trying to up their themselves and just put all these ridiculous mechanics in there. Um, so anyway, they're, they're kind of showing us like the physics and how they've changed it and put all these new gadgets in there. You can do stupid things with. And then they show us like a mission and um, they take us to this airfield and there's this giant fucking tornado that's like ruining things. Um, and this tornado is sort of fully simulated it's what they're calling like extreme weather uh, and this particular airport has these devices that are send- set up around it called uh, wind cannons and it basically stops the, the tornado from entering that area so rico what he needs to do is he can go in and destroy these wind cannons and then see what happens after this you know what happens with this tornado so he's basically going in there causing ha- havoc blowing shit up all the wind cannons get destroyed and this tornado like goes ballistic in this uh airfield and you you see like jumbo jets being sucked up into this tornado like everything all the physics stuff everything around this tornado is getting sucked up and it's kind of spinning around 
And at one point, there was like four jumbo jets spinning around this tornado, just going stupid. And you can, if you want to, go up in there and and fly around. It's probably not a good idea, but just the way that it kind of they they're sort of playing with these wind physics and different systems just looks it looks really cool. Um, they showed off a bunch of like the weapons in the game now have primary and secondary fire abilities, so that's that's kind of um, a, a bit of a big change. So. That's fun. Uh, the other thing that he showed off was the... the way he kind of teased it. The, these extreme weather things, there's a bunch of different ones in there. There's lightning, uh, sandstorms, sandstorms, and also blizzards were the ones they talked about, but they didn't actually show us. So it's not just like tornadoes that they've got going in there. Anyway, um, yeah, this, this game looks nuts. It looks really fucking cool. Everybody that I spoke to that saw it, um, was super pumped about it, kind of blown away because it's just like this physics insane playground that you can kind of stuff around in. And that's always kind of what Just Cause has been about. It's just blowing shit up and having fun uh, while you're doing it. So I'm super pumped for this game and it looks amazing. That's my yeah, spiel. Nice. nice. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Good spiel. Um, yeah, I guess my all my questions are about the weather stuff. And finish up so. Yeah, uh, I might just keep going because I know Steve wanted to talk talk about this one because uh, I'm yeah. just going down my page. Um, next one on my list is a Capcom game. It's called Resident Evil Two. What? I've never heard of that game. Yeah. It's not my favorite game in the history of video games ever. Yeah. <gasps> so this was a 15 minute hands on demo. Um, I got 20. Uh, what was it? 20. Because I'm. I, I threw my E3 judge uh, uh, okay. around. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that mattered or not. Maybe it was twenty minutes. I don't. I can't remember. I I I was counting down every minute that I played because I just wanted to keep playing more. Yeah. And yeah. All right, you you talk. No, no. You, flavor text. you can talk because this is your this is your thing. This is your baby. Okay. Well, so like we Australians got very limited access to RE2 to begin with, and we didn't know it was RE2 at the time. Um, yeah. And when we had a session, it was when I was. Uh, obligated to go to Ubisoft all day. So I was like gutted because I had a feeling that we'd know about RE2 and that I would miss it. So I spent basically from the announcement at Sony's press conference until I saw Resident Evil 2 begging anyone I could talk to to play Resident Evil 2. And I'm very glad I did. Um, so like before we even walked in, Capcom, like Capcom's entire booth, the, the, like the first half of their booth was all like uh raccoon police department yeah themed. themed like a big and you oh it's great sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like a big display sort of oh for sure and like you walk they, they give you a flashlight to walk in and you go through two separate corridors um like in real world life and they were like they looked like the rpd of you know like original playstation resident evil 2 and, you know, like, in the corner, in the dark, kind of, like, barely lit, and you can, like, move your flashlight towards the sky. Like, there's this zombie and, like, full police get up, like, just gnawing on, like, a dismembered arm. And, like, this is exactly what I hope the game is like. <laughs> and, like, it, it, I, I saw the game on the last day or the second last day of E3, and I, like, purposefully didn't look at any coverage because I just wanted to go in completely, like, uh, like fresh and I like it, it's clearly in my game of show. Like it, it was fantastic. 
Um, mm. If I had to like succinctly describe it, it's it's Resident Evil Two, the spirit and core of Resident Evil Two, which is like the game that got me into video games and the game that got me excited about like lore and 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 just continuity and just like all these things. It's 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 exactly the Resident Evil Two that I remember, but it's um, pretty and gorgeous and in the fashion of Resident Evil 7 using the RE engine. Yeah. And with a camera that's kind of akin to the Resident Evil 4 camera, but a little bit closer in, so you're claustrophobic. And it's nothing like RE4 apart from, like, Leon is one of the main characters, and the camera's similar because it's it's very atmospheric and relies upon light and darkness and tension um, to really, like, draw you into this like just horrific kind of uh, mindset. And yep. if you played RE2 or like any of the kind of tank control Resident Evil games, so including like Code Veronica to a certain extent, but like RE3, RE1, RE2, um, Leon is a rookie cop. He's not like this crazy, like super agent that you see in, in like later Resident Evil. So he's this kind of rookie cop. He can shoot while running, but he can't shoot very well while running. So if you um, kind of plant your feet and decide to shoot at, at enemies, you'll be able to kind of draw a bead and get headshots a lot easier than if you're moving at all. And even if you, like, plant your feet and try to shoot, he still kind of, like, just shoots a little bit off to where you're aiming occasionally because he's this rookie cop who is terrified and in this, like, crazy zombie land. Um, the story is very very accurate to what I re- to, it, it's been a while to what I remember about RE2 yeah. um, so garbage no oh man <laughs> I hate it so much it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different like t- to the point that I got to in the demo I thought I would have uh, encountered a liquor I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to ruin stuff yeah. um, but like I, I didn't run into a liquor but I went to the different corridors of the very very closely uh like the same kind of floor plan of the rpd that i remembered but like just a little bit modernized and like to the point where like i kind of like that because if you look at the rpd as a modern day player you're like well that makes no sense and like i hope they don't have that many random keys and puzzles in this like government building somehow Hmm. so it's 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 a modern take on the game it's keeping the atmosphere it's it's keeping modern like gaming conventions it's like it's everything i hoped it would be and i was honestly surprised that capcom could deliver this because i was just expecting a pile of garbage so maybe that's why i love it so much because they just did more than i expected and luke can maybe uh like be the uh slightly less fanboy guy talking about resident evil 2 yeah so i i played this um I finished. I was so confused. I turned to the the PR guy that was um that had taken over looking after me, and I was like, "Is this a remake? I don't understand what's going on." Because I felt like I've played this before, um, but the game didn't feel old. Like it felt really fucking good, and, mm. and that's what was confusing me. Because I was like, uh, 
it doesn't feel like it's a. I don't know how how long ago this, this doesn't game came make out. Sense. Like twenty years ago. Resident Evil Two was ago? trash, and this feels like oh, a good game. Uh, I yeah. hate you. So that, that's the thing, right? Is that they've they've you're no longer like a fixed camera position. It's all over the shoulder. <laughs> Shooting feels really good. Um, the thing he talked about was like because I'm asking all these questions because I'm like it feels like I feels like I've done this before, but I'm not sure what's happening. Like this is really it's not a hasty upgrade. This is weird. Um, and he spoke about how what they've done is they've basically built the game from the ground up and yeah. they've also added in like different content within the environment. So there's different levels and whatnot. But the thing that you talked about with like enemies not being there, well, what they've done is they've kind of, um, basically switched that up and made it so that, all right, if you're expecting a zombie to come through this window, that's not going to happen anymore. Now it's somewhere else in the level. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But, but it's still like like so. I found some boards, and like if you played RE2, you know, like at a certain point, like you have a choice to like board up or like block some like broken windows in like a couple different hallways, and like that, like I I, I encountered that, so I could I could I could board up like a window in the east hallway or the west hallway, mm. and I don't know if like what that means to the gameplay from now, but like that meant a great deal to your scenario in the re2 game that i played but it also meant a great deal to like the opposite character scenario so like it, it it's changed i know this after after the fact but like it used to be claire a and leon b and leon a and claire b yeah and they've dropped that kind of zapping system in like the four different scenarios for like a leon story which involves claire so i'm, I'm assuming that's kind of leon a and claire b just like in one story though so you're just playing as leon and then they're like the Claire story is going to be a self-contained mixture of the scenarios as well. So right. it's like, it's good and bad. Like they, they say that they, they think modern gamers don't want to play through a story four times to get like the whole story where I would happily have played this game four times over AB, AB again um, to get that. But like it, from what I saw, it's, it's super tense. It's the old, Resident Evil relied upon like those fixed camera angles to like create that tension. Whereas now this RE engine can do so much with lighting and the way that they like just present it, mm-hmm. um, that it, 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 it's, it has more tension. And, and, and like you were saying, it kind of, it, it, it subverts your expectations and where you think something's going to pop out, something doesn't. And then like a little bit later, something else happens and th- that you're not ready for that. You're not expecting. And it's, it's just it's it plays upon nostalgia with returning fans, and if you were new to it, it it's like a, a lovely self-contained experience that I I think everyone will enjoy. But yeah. I am like a gigantic Resident Evil fan, so yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed what I played. It felt good, and that's why I was confused because I was like, this does not feel <laughs> like a twenty-year-old game. It, f- it feels like yeah, it feels really good, yeah. Um, it's 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 kind of like if if you're aware of uh, like Resident Evil 3.5, which is the hmm. the prototype for four that they were building, which was a lot more in the vein of the original like first couple Resident Evil games where Leon was alone in this creepy castle and he was infected the entire time. Like it, you, you can go read about it. It, it feels like that type of instead of making it like 4 was like this kind of action oriented game it was still best tense and horrific yeah well no well yeah I, I, re4 is pretty good but like in, instead of re4 it was really good but it completely changed 
the franchise and then like five got a bit more action orientated and it was not as great and then six went off the rails and then seven kind of has has done its own thing this seems more in the vein of what the original Resident DNA of the, of the franchise was yeah and, and like I'm, I'm super jazzed for it so uh, if you've played RE2 and liked it you're gonna love it if you played RE7 and you like that you're gonna love it if you're more of like the action type people, like go back to Revelations and Revelations Two, and just you know, like skip it, I guess. But you shouldn't. It's really good. It's really good. That easily my best of show. Easily, that's crazy. Cool. That is no, crazy. it's not. It's not crazy. No, How not about at all. the voice acting in in the remake. Uh, well, that's the weird. That's the contentious bit. So uh, Matt Mercer and Allison Court, who were the original voice actors, have like I think they. have They've talked about this for like the last year and a half, two years. Um, and this all happened around the time of the union action by like video game voice actors. And that's it's way too long of a story to kind of get into in- incredible detail. But the yeah. union were saying like, we're not, you know, we're going to go on strike. We want these conditions happening. We want this, this and this. And like this game, they announced it. And they kind of didn't do anything else about it. So, like, we didn't know really where RE2 was. But obviously, it's very, uh, like, it's, it's, it's almost done. It's coming out in January. So, they dropped all the original voice actors, which makes me horribly sad because I loved the voice acting in RE2. And Allison Court is a Canadian who used to be, like, on a, like, a kid's, uh, TV show. It was called The Big Comfy Couch. If you've ever, uh, seen it nope you will immediately she played a clown named luna a clown named luna sorry um and she sat on a big comfy couch and that was basically the extent of that tv show but like as a canadian i grew up with that and her her voice is instantly recognizable and she was claire in re2 and re code veronica and they replaced her for evil revelations too which made people sad and there was this like optimism that she would come back for re2 alongside mercer who is mccray mccree and um overwatch. overwatch so you've heard his voice before okay right. so we were all really excited about it capcom just like unceremoniously dropped these people just like non-union voice actors and that's that so that's the only kind of like downside to the whole thing uh and strangely as i played the entire re2 campaign demo thing i could not get out of my head the fact that leon looks identical to joss hutcherson of the um <laughs> hunger games the hunger games yeah, yeah the what's his name pedro not pedro the kind of weak know, one who gets sick peter peter yeah. peter yeah so that's that's just a me thing but um cool sorry luke i just hijacked this entirely no no you this was i brought this up because of you Oh, it's so good. I, I'm super jazzed. This this control and Cyberpunk are my easily my three favorite games. Like nothing else comes even remotely close to yeah. like the caliber of those three games. Cool. Um, did you want to talk about something, or should I just keep? No. Well, I hijacked that, so it's, it's definitely your turn. No, no, it's can fine. We, can we can we like maybe fucking pick some like top fucking two at most and wrap this shit up? Control and Cyberpunk, then, or do you disagree? I was going to say Division Two, but um... oh, well, you talk about that. Then we'll do Control. Then we'll do. <laughs> Are we happy? All right. 
No, no, let's... Um, I'm going to pee, because we've been talking for a while. I'll, I'll find the good stuff, the, like, the stuff that I think is really fucking good. Uh, Forza Horizon 4. That- what the fuck are you doing? What? I can't talk for the rest of eternity. I have to... I have so much work to do. I was working up until <laughs> the moment we... Like, we, I literally jumped out of the channel so I could transcribe a little bit more. I'm going on holidays, motherfucker. I'm trying to get everything done, but it means that all I do is, like, work all this week. I'm probably going to be working on the plane to Japan. Crazy. And shitloads of fun. I cannot wait. Um, all right. What so do stop we- adding shit to the pile. I'm not adding anything to the pile. This is what we got. Um, <laughs> what can I talk about then? Um, Spider-Man. Let's do Spider-Man then. Um, we got hands-on with Spider-Man. Um, it was basically like a, uh, wasn't even a main mission. It was kind of just like open world content. Um, so what they ended up doing was, uh, you would sort of swing around. You start off on top of a rooftop, you swing around and, uh, you ended up fighting a bunch of like Wilson Fisk's, uh, henchmen on top of a construction building. Uh, the combat is very similar to sort of like the, the Batman combat or the, uh, like Assassin's Creed combat, that sort of stuff where it's, the um, old assassin. Yeah. Where it's like, you've got your attacks. Um, you've got your like stun moves. Uh, there are like guys that come at you with different types of equipment and you kind of have to use certain attacks to get rid of that sort of thing. Um, he's got web shooters, which, regenerate over time so you can you can use them during combat and to web people up um or or to like sort of stun them for a moment but there's only like a certain amount that you can do before it starts regenerating again he's got a bunch of gadgets you can use which we saw in the demos um you know ones that like stick to walls and as they come past it like a proximity one it'll sort of zip them and, and zip them to a wall um what else is there in the combat uh, like the stuff that you see with the slowdown and, and sort of the, the way the camera sort of maneuvers is sort of, it's not really something you initiate. It's usually just things that will happen during the moment, uh, which is really cool. There's, um, you can kind of approach it, the combat either way. Like the first time I played it, I kind of just went in and beat the shit out of everybody. Uh, the second yeah. time I jumped in there and did a bit of a stealth mission, uh, sort of perched up on top of, uh, like sort of ledges and, and rope them up, uh, sort of web them up and just, yeah, went through it basically trying to get, trying to not be seen or noticed, noticed by anybody. Um, so the combat feels really good. Um, I don't know if it's doing anything new in terms of like, Hey, this is something we haven't seen before. Um, cause you're basically like, Hey, building up meter. And once you build up the meter, you trigger this ability and that, that kind of lets you do other things. There's not really anything special about it other than that's really fluid. Like it feels like you're, um, like a badass superhero. So that's kind of cool. It feels like that, that sort of Batman. Um, I don't know what else, what other games have kind of done that, that make you feel like that, but I feel there, there's been a few to, uh, discussion, by the way. What's that? I'm sorry. This is a great Division 2 discussion. I'm flabbergasted. I I set those parameters and Luke (laughs) deliberately ignored them and immediately started trying to talk about Forza Horizon 4. And I shot that down. I shot that down with authority. It's it's really good. There's different weather 
seasons it's it's the same game but like it's good it's getting jazzed because it's horizon um spider-man worthy you're right like it's it's not doing anything super new but it's doing it well and i think the last couple activision um spider-man games that kind of like like let's be honest that leaned upon rocksteady's kind of like arkham aesthetic like especially with combat were pretty good this just seems really good and it's just it's it's the thing I was worried about is that it had a lot of kind of quick, tiny stuff going on if you were looking at what they've presented so far. Yeah. But it's it's really not. It's it's like the web swing from Spider-Man 2 of old and like combat from Arkham. But it just it's it's it seemed good. Like it's yeah. I'm excited for it. And I wasn't really excited. I was kind of worried and thinking it was going to be same old, same old, but it's it seems exciting and that they're going to do something for Spider-Man that like Rocksteady did with Arkham. Yeah. It's like they've been thrown a bunch of money for once and it's not Activision looking after it. So. Oh, for sure. It'll it's not like, it's not a tie-in or a, like a half called in like license, just kind of like, yeah, we're still here doing something in the space. It's. Yeah. They care about Spider-Man and they're doing something really good with Spider-Man. Yeah. And so apart from the combat, like the swinging feels really good. Um, it looks fucking awesome when you're, sort of like swinging between buildings or getting really close to the ground um even like just like the fluidity of it being able to just go from um like so it's all anchor points it's not necessarily you just hit a button off it goes you've actually got to be somewhere that you can anchor onto otherwise if you press the button nothing's just going to happen um so you really got to think about where you're going to go and there's momentum as well so you if, if you're going in a certain direction It'll keep sort of swinging you in that direction, but at the same time, so say if I'm going like left around a building, you can go right as well. You can sort of pull it that way. He'll he, he'll he'll be going to the left direction, but if you want to go, oh, I'm going to go this way instead. It'll still let you. It's not like entirely physics based because um, it's a fucking video game. Uh, so yeah, the swinging feels really good. Um, this guy, this guy. I don't know what you're doing this for. Yeah, because I pointed out that it looks like fucking garbage, and you're like, "No, it's Spider Man! Please, oh, please, all the different Spider Man, please, oh, I love you, oh." So Job's been web shoot on my face, please. Bitching (laughs) about this game since like it was announced, he's like, "Oh, there's no momentum in the game. It doesn't have any momentum. Look at it." Oh, there's momentum. And then like I literally spoke to the fucking guy that was designing that system. He's like, "Yeah, there's momentum." And now Job's like, "Look at it. It doesn't do this now. It looks like a fucking piece of shit." Because I showed him a video, right? A video of, like, dude jumping off a tall building, goes swing, comes too close to a rooftop, and suddenly just hovers in midair so that he doesn't hit the rooftop. And I'm supposed to believe there's fucking momentum, even though he's hovering in midair, like fucking the hovermatron, the fucking is this Is this recent? Or yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, it, it, it has momentum, and you can... You can jump at the end of your swing, and like you, you can tell it does have momentum, and it just cheats momentum. Is that uh, it? it? Might, but like I think, to, like only to the extent where you don't want to just like be Spider Man and try something and just like splat into a wall. I like, do actually. Might, well, That's the thing. I well, actually maybe, do. You maybe there's a setting a for that, wall. but like for and like of course every E3 demo you play is on the easiest fucking setting ever, and it's like you're the best ever, and like. To the point where the handler goes to you and like taps you on the shoulder and went, I can't believe how well you did. This is the best I've ever seen anyone play this demo. 
in the last seven years that I've been demoing this game, you are a gaming god and you should be so happy about your performance. But like, it's it's easy-ish, but it's not... You can realize where you can do better, but I don't think it's it's super handholdy. Like it's you can see some things that maybe theoretically you could turn off and get a, a more accurate experience, but not to the point yeah. where you should be worried about it. I feel like I'm backtracking and like justifying this, but I don't feel like I ever had that happen to me. Yeah. Um, so no, it feels it feels good. The uh, they they also shot off like a, a bank boss fight. Um, that was pretty average. It was like a do this three times thing um, against Scorpion, but that that could have just been a side mission random encounter thing. It didn't seem like what they were giving us was main story content. Just like hey, go around and here's a bunch of shit you can do. Um, so yeah, that's looking really solid. I think everybody I spoke to here's a bunch of roofs you can hover over. Really, yeah, enjoyed it. You should go watch some more Spider-Man 2 where, like, there's dude swinging and then he hits a wall and just bounces off it, but that's the game you want. He doesn't you want. bounce off, he drags along it. I'll go get you some videos and we'll see about that. You got me a fucking video and I saw it, mate. And it looked way better. Because it the like it was swing, actually swinging and shit. All the web swing reminds me exactly of Spider-Man 2. So that should make you feel better. It doesn't. It should. It doesn't. I feel like but- you guys were fucking... Hungover, maybe still drunk from the night before, and they got you in that shiny room and butted you up with all the bright Spider-Man blues and reds. It it wasn't a shiny room, mate. Don't worry about that. And you guys were like, oh, I love this Spider-Man stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty this. sure Steve's the biggest DC, DC fan on this podcast oh. at the moment. And like, like, I do like Spider-Man, but like, it was, it was, it was good. Mix. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, to be honest. So. I'm excited for it, yeah, quite a bit. Where I wasn't before. All right, let's talk. The, about- the one little thing, quickly. Sorry, the one little thing that I really appreciate, and it's like so stupid, but I just really liked it. Anytime you like launch someone off the side of a building, they like fall off the side of the building, but right at the end, they like just have this imaginary. And you're not doing it, but I still like it anyway. This like, like web grabs them, anchors them to a building, and they just kind of like fall into the side of the building and don't die because Spider-Man yeah. doesn't kill people. And it's they just like, it's, it's... Well, they probably did from the impact against the wall, but, like, at least you try to save them, and I just like that it's not just, oh, these guys fall off the side of the building and that's the end of them. It's just, like, just I feel like there's a lot of attention to detail. Little things like that that Insomniac is putting in that shows that they care about the license and they care about the character and they're, they're going to do some good things. I'm I'm very excited about this game yeah uh control oh. so steve and i rock up to this this uh this meeting and sam lake is like literally standing at the door uh and, and- i should have asked him for a photo because <laughs> oh my god damn i didn't yeah it didn't happen uh so we get into this this uh presentation um and it's remedy's latest game the guys that have made uh, max Payne. Uh, they've done Alan Wake and Quantum Break uh, most recently. Um, yeah, this this game sort of seems like a mashup between Alan Wake and like Quantum Break, <laughs> like definitely one hundred percent. It's it's the the abilities of Quantum Break 
plus the supernatural elements of Alan Wake. Yeah. And in a multi-platform release where, you know, like maybe Sony will throw them a bone and actually promote this game and it might do well and they might be able to actually continue the story that they've set out in this like highly narrative, highly lore filled, like amazingly crafted world. Cause I'm just like, at this point, I would like an Alan Wake 2 or a Quantum Break 2 or just a sequel of any sort that they they do. So like this is the one to get behind and it's it seems equally as as um intriguing and as engaging as, you know, like if you like Alan Wake and you like that world, if you like Quantum Break, this is exactly the same kind of storytelling. Yeah. Um cuz there's like tons of weird just random shit going on. Yeah. That's so, like, uh, you like play what? as Jesse, who is, yeah. uh, she is a, like, supernatural FBI agent, essentially. She is the uh, head through circumstances that we don't really understand, but it seems like a lot of people have died, of the Federal Bur- Bureau of Control. And, mm. like, I guess the closest I can ex- describe them is, like, they're like witches that kind of oversee the universe and kind of like work towards a balance and try to set things right so it's in like modern times and it's in like an office building and this fbc instead of fbi um it's it's kind of very bureaucratic uh like at at times during the story we saw jesse like walk up to this kind of area of the building and it had all these kind of like control signs on it saying you know like this is a a three times uh relic activation area with all of these kind of like requirements for what you had to do but it was yeah. very bureaucratic seeming like metroidvania um, is, is like the word they threw around like oh for sure yeah you go go to areas and sort of come back later on and that sort of thing it's entirely open world but like set open world in a building <laughs> but open world in that this building isn't just in the real world in the real world as you see it it's there are like portals to different planes of reality Hmm. or like aspects of like the supernatural um she enacts this ritual and goes into uh this crazy kind of side world where things are just like floating around and this evil presence has infected um the people and the objects around her and she's walking around and she is in kind of this like weird vault of the bureau of control where um there's a car that is like locked up because it's this weird kind of relic that might do something. And you're like, well, that's a bit weird. And then you walk up to this next guy who's his back is towards you. And he's looking at a fridge and he's like, Oh, thank God you're here. It's been three days. I haven't been able to look away from this fridge because as soon as I do, it will deviate and we're not sure what's going to happen. And I, I can't let this happen. I'm so glad you're here to relieve me of, of my duty. And mm. she goes, well, like, I can't, I can't do that. I have this this bigger thing to do, and that's a side mission in the game that you can come back to later on. But, but there's this cool this like lore that's already started to be weaved by Remedy that I'm just like really keen on. Like there's, yeah. I feel like they're what's, witches. What's that? Basically. What's that fucking internet creepy pasta wiki? Something. It's like containment. What? No idea. <laughs> so, like. <laughs> A, I've played a game based on it, and we've talked about it on the podcast. Um, Slenderman? You're playing Slenderman. No, You're talking no. about Slenderman. I'm kidding. 
Uh, although I, I have played that. And That's it's good. Anyway. Um, it's, it's like this. Fuck. Uh, keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. I'll find it out. So, like, so she has these powers, and like the, the powers that we saw involve. It's kind of like telekinesis from like she can yeah. control aspects of reality. So she can grab debris from the world around her and like form it as a shield to block like incoming projectiles and stuff. But she can also then shoot that shield at enemies and, and knock them down. Or the other thing that she really did was just grab like a desk and throw it at someone. So like not as a shield, but just got like immediately throw it at someone or a clock <laughs> or a clock. And she has like a handgun, but it's, uh, it, it only is attuned to her as the, uh, head of the Bureau of Control and it will like shape shift into different guns. And they didn't really show that off, but like the way that they were kind of alluding to it and kind of showing what it would do is like, it'll turn into a crossbow maybe or a shotgun. Like a shotgun. So you have, you have all these like weapons, but it's really just one weapon yeah. and it's like Judge progression and you can, yeah. And you can evolve <laughs> it into like, you know, like different, you know, different characteristics and, and powered up in different ways. It, it's, it's quite literally quantum break. But instead of a science background like that was, it's more of a supernatural background like Alan Wake um, and multi-platform. I've said that before. I think yeah. I, I just, I, it's everything about a Remedy game and that I've tried to, you know, like encourage other people to really get into about a Remedy game. But theoretically more accessible and and that means that people will play it and more people will play it and that's good for me and good for remedy and i just Mm. i'm super jazzed about it yeah the thing that i really liked about it was the the like sort of transitioning between worlds like them finishing a fight and then it flashing and then everything around them sort of changing um or just the crazy stuff with like the room spinning around and like transforming into something different um that sort of stuff just looked really fascinating to me and uh like her just all right now i'm flying like she's got flying abilities um and then, like, just the world twisting on itself and then changing and all of a sudden you're in this completely different environment. Like, it's got this really weird aesthetic to it that is, like, when you looked at Alan Wake, Alan Wake was sort of a direct reference to things like Lost or Twin Peaks. Uh, whereas this is, I don't know where they're getting this stuff from. It's it's really strange. Sorry, I found it. It's, uh, it's called SCP Foundation, uh, Secure, Contained, Protect Foundation. And uh, it's this massive, like, crazy wiki of all this, uh, like, scientifically analyzed, uh, but fictional, uh, like, monsters. Hmm. That this, oh. like, if you imagine at the end, spoiler alert, of uh, um, Cabin in the Woods yep. with all those boxes. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, that. like, the, you, I could easily see that fitting in this world somehow like there's there's probably like a, a rational explanation for these things existing but you don't know what it is but they seem to like your character seems to be just like in control yeah and all the while like she's going through these weird worlds and like and cycling through these different kind of like i don't know if dimensions is the right word but like aspects of reality perhaps is a better way of putting it yeah she has to kind of remind herself like i i am the director of control i am in control i am allowed to be here this is my domain. I I am not, you know, like intruding. I I have every right to be in this instance. Like it's it's intriguing. Like she's doubting herself, and you're doubting 
the character as you play from what I'm from what I'm grabbing from the gameplay. But it's 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 good. It like draws you in and makes you wonder like what's going on like just on the surface but also like yeah there's like so many layers to it which is just really intriguing and that's every remedy game to me is like that like even down to max pain like there's all this this stuff that you want to delve into and like want to learn more about so it's it's right up my alley it's so good yep agreed cool all right what else um did you want to talk about cyberpunk how, like where do we even start with cyberpunk yes um so this is like my notes for cyberpunk are the longest it's like four pages my notes it's ridiculous i wish i could take notes it was so dark and i had a phone i didn't want to like be that douchebag like just with his phone light in everybody's face but yeah i got it in my brain I, you, you start i'll add flavor my notes are from like after getting out of that presentation so they showed us a 50 minute presentation um obviously uh it was behind closed doors so there's no video footage of it out anywhere it's pretty much just going off what people are saying at the moment not sure if they're going to release it or if they're going to wait till gamescom i feel like i heard that they're going to show it off at gamescom so uh people might have Makes to wait sense, like given where they are and where gamescom is but yeah yeah so to start off with uh i'd not heard anything about this game from anybody else uh you guys kept it a secret from me but yeah the biggest surprise to me was that it's a first person game um yeah. Like, going into it, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's The Witcher, guys. It'll be a third-person RPG again. And then just seeing it being like, nope, it's a first-person shooter. I was like, holy shit. All right, fair enough. Um, so, they start off the demo, and they're basically like, uh, yeah, it, it's like there's like a character creation screen in there. There's your controlling uh, a character that you, that you create, male or female. The character's called V, and um, there's no classes in the game. Everything is pretty much just sort of... I'd say the, like, you can just evolve your character as you're going and pl- play it the way that you want to. Um, you can pick things like backstory for them, uh, which they only went a slight bit into, but, like, it seems like they're going for that tabletop uh, sort of role-playing aspect of the game, um, yeah, which, is, sure. which is really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, they kind of just jump in and they're like, all right, here's where we are. We're in this like apartment building and we're looking for this, um, uh, for this character. I don't know what the name was, but yeah, basically you're looking for this person and off we go. And it's just like, it's so detailed. Like there's so many things going on just in this corridor, uh, which is so, so cool looking. Um, and so you get into this. Uh, into this gunfight basically and then they start showing off like all right here's the different ways you can shoot people and they're not just like running around just blasting people they're like using cover and peering up over cover they're like sliding all over the place um they're like shooting through walls there's destructibility there's like uh like rainbow six siege type of destructibility like bits and pieces falling off the wall yeah uh like straight through it like and and you can get different uh like uh cyber enhancements that let you see through walls and like give yeah. you like uh like HUD elements that you don't get before. So like you can you can spec out your character from what we know like so differently to someone else. Like you can play this game like The Witcher like so many different ways and just kind of like pick your way of doing it. You can be a stealth guy, you can be a combat guy, you can just be like super aggro or you can, you know, like be a communicator. Yeah. 
You know how, like, the Witcher had the spells and you can go to kind of spec them out in terms of, all right, these ones are I'm going to be the fire person and these are my fire abilities and whatnot. It's similar, yeah. but in terms of, like, weird cybery gadgets. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, like, the, the combat, it doesn't seem like it's really simple. It seems like they're just trying to do all these different things. Um, so, yeah, there's the one thing that we, we saw that we're uh, a bit weary about is they've got this inhaler system and they give you buffs um and basically abilities to your character and so like you can you basically take this inhaler and all right this one may uh may heal you or this one's going to slow down time um there were ones that were like i think they were tied to that like being able to see through walls and stuff is that how it worked yeah it's they didn't really explain it but you can kind of like from the gameplay and I guess from like when you saw them take an inhaler and from what you saw happening, you kept, like you decided that maybe that one slowed down time or yeah. that one gave you an enhanced like sight or this one let you take more damage. They didn't detail what they were doing, but it was like very clear that something drugs was happening. equaled yeah. performance enhancement. Mm. Um, and like, it, cause like, and I don't want to spend too much time on this angle because we've all talked about this probably ad nauseum at this point. Like, there was one time in the gameplay where someone just took drugs for fun. And I'm like, oh, if anything is going to get this on, like, the classification system, it's it's that drug taking right there. Like, that was just because they could, not because yeah. they benefited from it. And if you listen to the, continue listening to the gap, we'll be sure to tell you how to buy the fucking game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's get fucking refused classification. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> All the Australians are very... Uh, very uh vocal about what was going on to the devs so they they seem to know what's happening and they they either think they'll be okay or they've got a plan but the state that it's in there at the moment is not good they said they had a third party or a third no they said they had a localization team which Mm. helped the witcher 3 get over the line but like i'm assuming they really meant from that they had bandai namco who distributed yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, The Witcher Three in Australia. So, like, I don't, I don't know if they're like that connection is to me is assumed. I don't know if that's exactly what they're talking about, but hopefully, in some way, shape, or form, someone can help kind of articulate the drug use in the context and maybe make it okay. But yeah. I'm not super optimistic about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's talk about cool gameplay things and not. Yeah, so eventually you you find this body that you're looking for. It's in like the bathtub. She's naked. Um, you end up picking lots her up. Lots of boobs. Yeah, lots of nudity. Um, you've got Just a partner boobs. with you, and, and sort of he's that uh, he's an AI partner that is well as, as far as I'm aware, it's an AI partner. Um, who then starts covering you, and, and you work your way out. You get to like a balcony, and these like medical dudes sort of come and they're like yelling at you to put the body down and uh you put the body down on like this uh it was like a bed and they they kind of they take it off and off they go and it's like this flying ship that's on this balcony and it just you kind of get the idea of the scope of this this city that you're looking at now because the entire time you've been in a fucking corridor um yeah and then I think from there, the game kind of cuts and you go back to your room, right? Is that how that went down? Uh, you went to, you went to your room a couple times. So, like, you went first um, and, like, you, you did some little side mission. Oh, you're right. And then you, like, you go on a three-day bender as your character who just, yeah. like, 
she she made money. So cyberpunks are the world is ruled by corporations, um, and you choose to not be a part of a corporation, and you become a cyberpunk, which is like I guess like a mercenary hmm. to describe it well. And like, you can use um, like military tech implant kind of things, or you can use corporation type implants. The corporation stuff's the strongest. The military stuff is like also strong, but you can also just, you know, like go to a weird like doctor in a back alley if you have the money and just pay for these like back, you know, black market creepy enhancements. Yeah. And like enhancements give you extra power abilities. Um, you're, you're working from the sound of it to kind of just like fulfill contracts and make money, but it seems like your character who's called V wants to kind of get in with the corporate sector and become like head of security for a corporation, which basically just means like unlimited budget and, you know, like unlimited resources and going crazy. I don't know if that's exactly her gain because she seems to kind of like revel or like revel in chaos, but yeah, that's happening it's like it, and you can just do what you want from the sound of it which is yeah. really cool it's, it's got like, that um, like witcher vibe where you can be on a mission but then go off and like you complete this part of it but then you go off and do something else and sort of come back to it later on like it doesn't seem like these short contained stories it's those things where it just goes on and on and on oh yeah and like so in this mission that the main mission you can you can you're supposed to go and get military tech to win the favor of this like big boss man called Dex and like that will like up your profile in this region and there are like six different like major regions in this area which is a northern California city a northern Californian city in 2077 which is probably obvious from the name of the game Um, but you can do it in so many different ways you can like choose to call the people that the tech was stolen from and try to align with them where you can just kind of go and scout it out yourself. We chose, I think all the demos were the same. Basically you chose, you choose to call this woman and she says, yeah, uh, I don't trust you. And you kind of like, you go and meet her, but you scout out the meeting and see if she's trustworthy. They like try to kill you, but like you can choose not to shoot them. And if that happens, they kind of like, they hack you warm up to you. <laughs> yeah. They hack up to you. Like they make sure you're trustworthy. And then in the end, they give you a 50,000 or million credit chip to Mm. go and kind of like find the people who stole this tech and buy it back from them. And you can choose to like take that money and run and just have like that much money to buy new resources (laughs) and do whatever you want. Or you can, you know, like use the money and do what you're supposed to do and buy the tech. Um, We bought the tech from these people, which it had some sort of like worm in the the credit chip. So as soon as these people like accepted the credit chip and, and like, cashed it in like their neural nets in their brain because it's the future and everybody's connected to some sort of tech like they just like short it out basically and you could like choose to like help shoot them and kill them quicker like there's so many things you could have done in this scenario you can just see all the pathways like you can just map it like i could i could run i could take this i could kill these people i could cash this in i could take the tech and Mm. and use that tech to help me in the future or i can give the tech back to these people and i win their favor there's so many different things you could have done it's so the witcher but in first person and blade runner and it's crazy yeah 
They're not like they were showing during the dialogue systems. You could interact with things in the environment as well. So like you'd be talking to this, these these gang members that you're trying to, or this militia that you're trying to buy these weapons off. And at like certain stages, you can kind of look at, be like, all right, I'm going to draw my gun, <laughs> as opposed to like trying to just talk to them and whatnot. Um, yeah. So that that was really cool. But yeah, it's just like the amount of things that are going on in this game, just the way the way you can approach it and. Um, so they started showing us some of the other, uh, like the, the way that you could kind of, um, shoot people and whatnot. We talked, there's like the ricochet bullets. You can ricochet, uh, like off the wall and it's like a visual indicator as well. Like it'll show you where these bullets are going to go. Um, in, in the trailer, we saw, we saw the blades that kind of come out, come out of their arms in the, the very oh, trees. Yeah, they're, they're an actual ability. So, in the demo, like the dude wall wall runs across the wall and then like stabs a wall and is like in the air, looks down and there's a bunch of guys below them. Um, and then he hacks one of the guys on the ground. And after he hacks them, he's like in their group, their, their faction. So he's got access to all of them. So he disables like one of their guns and then jumps back out of the hacking module jumps off the wall like melee attacks and lands on one of the guys the other guy like turns to him starts shooting but his gun's jammed and so like nothing happens and then like melee decapitates the other guy it's just like holy shit this is like insane um yeah and just there's so many things going on in this game it just completely yeah i I don't know where to start it's so nuts that's a, and like there's so many it, it's 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 an R, it's an RPG so like you can go to a, a ripper which um lets you upgrade your person hmm. so like you start off as like a, a a normal human and you go to the ripper dock and he gives you um he's like an optical like it's, upgrade it's crazy oh like so he like takes out one of your eyes and gives you an optical upgrade but the thing that I liked the the most was like you sit there in this chair and like you just put your arm down. And you see all these machines kind of like hover over it and start like weaving like components into your skin. And um, so we had a female main character of V, and you can be either. Um, he got, uh, she got a like a subdermal weapon grip. So it was kind of like focused on her palm. But like when she has a gun before that, it's like a normal kind of first person shooter thing. But when she has this subdermal grip, as soon as she holds a gun, it brings up like an on-screen um, like HUD with like the amount of bullets she has left, and it helps her targeting. And it also like feeds into her stats. So like she has more power in her bullets from like this subdermal grip, which I don't know, like grips the gun better and makes her shoot better. Like that's like it, maybe it's not great explained like in re- in reality, but like no. her stats boost up. Um, and you can just choose to kind of like weave these things into you and i'm sure that that probably like feeds into the ending like how much of a person are you at the end or like are you just the machine i don't know but like that kind of seems like part of maybe the narrative that that will be kind of coming from this and you know if you if you save up all your money you can buy these like crazy black market things which gives you all these advantages or you can choose to kind of like play stealthily and like lock pick things and find like military or corporate tech that just like th- there were weapons that if you shoot the bullets they <laughs> the bullets will like track your enemy so you don't have to like even shoot near them you can kind of like shoot around them and the bullets will just hit the enemy for you because the gun's that good 
like it does the work for you. Yeah, there's so many ways to approach something. I just can't wait to just kind of like play around with the systems and see what they all do and and figure out what I want to do myself. Yeah, it seems like there's like a gear system in there. Like there's different rarities on weapons, uh, clothing matters. Like you've got street cred on clothing. Well, there were certainly legendary and rare. Like they were colored as well. Yeah, like purple and, and yellow. Like there there are definitely rarity systems going on. Yeah. Um, like when, when you were talking to this dealer guy and sorry, this, uh, getting upgrades and whatnot, like it's not, there's that interface of like, ah, oh, what would you like? And you pick it, but there's like this whole dialogue that goes on surrounding it. Like you're talking backwards and forwards with the guy. It's not just like, oh, you've got your upgrade now that goes through that whole motion of like, all right, we're changing your eye. And when they change your eye, he's like, I'm going to shut you down for a minute. And so the entire screen goes black. And then things start booting up and you've got all this text on the screen. It's not just like this simple two-second thing of like, oh, you've got your upgrade now. It, it goes through this whole motion of like, feels like part of the story, which is a really nice touch to it. Um, we saw like, oh, you can, there's fucking, so they take you out into the world and there is just so much detail. There's NPCs all over the place. Oh, um, yeah. Like everybody's having conversations with each other. You can kind of just walk around and listen to people. Uh, like they walk past a crime scene that, that's like happened, and there's like this, uh, it's like I don't know, like holographic sort of what happened, like from a camera the night before or something like that. You go past, and there's like a, a dude fighting a fucking robot in the street. Um, they talked about how like things within the world that you can interact with. So they found an advertisement that was like advertising soda or something like that and you go click on the advertisement and it'll show you like the nearest um vending machine and you can go over and then buy that um soda from the vending machine so like they're talking about how things in the world are in, you can interact with them and it'll like pinpoint locations on the map of where you should go um it, yeah just like the amount of detail that they've gone into is above and beyond um there was a car chase or oh, there's driving <laughs> um in they- first and third person yeah, so they start off as first person and you've got your, like, partner in the car with you and these these guys in, like, this van pull out in front of you and start shooting and you're like, hold the wheel. And then you just, like, you're in a fucking car, like, car combat all of a sudden and you're shooting at different cars and then that blows up. Uh, and oh, my they goodness. They said no loading screens at all in the entire city and, like, the way that you seamlessly jump out of the car and stuff, like, I, I'm not convinced this is going to hit current gen yeah it doesn't look like a current gen game um there just feels like there's way too much happening on this screen and and from what i was told they're running it on a they're running it on a 1080 ti um yeah. the, they saw. released the specs today of the, of the pc they're running and it's like a freaking beast like yeah, yeah terrifying yeah it does not look like a i mean if they get it to run on current gen that'd be interesting um but sort of the ru- the the rumors we're kind of hearing coming out of E three is that there's going to be another console in the next two years, um, whether or not that's like an upgrade of what we've got already or not. But I don't. If it does end up running on like what we've got at the moment, that'd be like super interesting. It, I just don't see it happening because there's just so much detail in this world and so many characters running around. And um, yeah, it's just so ambitious and. But it's kind it's, of the, like I'm happy to wait. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, if, if, like and it, they were running it live. Like they were, they were playing tell. it. Yeah, they they. Oh yeah, like they asked me if I wanted to play it at one stage because we dropped the game I went, thing. 
<laughs> I went to a Sony presentation where I literally just watched. Well, it's, it's, it was The Last of Us Part Two. I'm just going to call it out. Uh, it was Neil Druckmann. I got told to go there because Neil Druckmann was there. Literally, I showed up. They said, hey, uh, no recording, audiovisual, watch this. We're going to play it live. And it was like one-to-one, the entire demo from the press conference. And then like that finished, and they said, thanks, leave. And that was my uh, Last of Us experience. That wasn't cyberpunk. Like we, we, Like, people were yelling out to do something, and they would stop and turn and do something and like interact with the world. Like it was, this was playable and crazy good. And if I can do the things that they were doing, I'll wait like two or three years to be able to kind of like interact with this world. Yeah. In Although, the way that they could. I will say, uh, I was watching that last of us thing thinking there's no fucking way that's live gameplay. So hearing that it was, it wasn't cool. my, my, well, it, it, I don't think it was like, Oh, because I because I was watching the the stream. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go to the press conference. I was watching the stream at the la- at the last very last bit, like the three arrows to that guy's chest, so she could like go at his neck. They yeah. were exactly like hit exactly the same points in that guy's body. Mm. Like, there's no way that, that was long. To the point where, like, was it? Were you at the ghost one, Luke? Where yeah. someone like called them out for that? The Can ghost we talk about that, or is that or the ghost one, Ghost of Tsushima, where the Italian guys were like, "No, no, what? that that was, um, no, that was Last of Us. That was oh, Steve Barrelly. So yeah, he in his demo, he had two like European journalists being saying the same thing that you guys were like. Why did you show us the same like presentation that was on the E3 demo? And they were like, "No, no, no, this is this is different." He's like, "No, no, you, like it's exactly the same. You, you're doing it one for one. Why can't you show us something different?" And like yeah. two different European journalists got up them about it. I didn't call them out, but it was like I, I will yeah. have one to one exactly. And it was a waste of half an hour of my time at E3, which I'm kind of pissed about, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So yes, like Cyberpunk is like a mix between GTA. Uh, it's got it's like the it's the Fallout interface exactly the Fallout interface or Skyrim interface. Oh yeah, I, I yeah I had um Todd Howard sitting next to me in my demo, and I right. like having him sitting there looking at when this game booted up and the interface looking exactly like Skyrim but red, so the the yeah. color of it is red. I was just being man, and like as the demo went on, I must have felt like he he must have felt like really um well what's the word like. I, I, my brain is mush now, um, but I think I think he'd be like I think he'd be humbled. very happy with yeah with what he did and knowing that it's it's like spawning all these other games type of yeah like it's not like this is encroaching upon Starfield or like Fallout or something it's like it's it's that sort of idea and a very successful idea like put in this cool it, it's it's Blade Runner it's like absolutely Blade Blade Runner mm. and but but, but vibrant. Colorful. If I was from the company that can pray to, I would be shitting my <laughs> fucking pants if I was Todd Howard. I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I would not be fucking humbled. I would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what do we fuck? Oh. It's true. But, like, it's... Uh, the, the weird thing is, I remember going, like, I've been to, what, six or seven E3s, and, like, almost from my first E3... I was getting these weird appointments back, like when I could hardly get an appointment. Now I'm an E3 judge um, at CD Projekt Red, and I'm like, who are these people? Whatever. And I think I saw 
The Witcher 3 about four or five times. And the first couple of years was like, this seems rough and weird. And like, it kind of seems cool, but I'm not like really about fantasy settings. And it's like Polish and like, I don't know, there's like a book or something, whatever. And like by the end, right before release, I'm like, this is going to be crazy. And like near the the last couple of years, they were showing you all these like complex quest systems and how, and like they, 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 grabbed you for an hour and they like used that hour showed you what you could do in this quest like in a b and c direction and what that would mean to the story and how it like impacted upon your player and like by the end you're just like this is going to be crazy and the witcher 3 came out and it was like as it deserves to be like a phenomenon so like cyberpunk is coming out with people knowing what they're capable of and it's not like you don't go into cyberpunk going oh this will be weird about like a future thing you're like holy shit like i know what they've done here i can see how that like translates to this holy shit i can't believe this can i play this now it's i i'm super excited about this like all the stuff that became apparently amazing about what the witcher 3 like was at its dna like it's the same game in a different camera angle in a completely different setting but the same kind of freedom and the same kind of choice and the same kind of just like crazy gameplay loop that you can just like really just jump into and have so much fun with. Yeah. And the shooting looks good. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, is yeah, like an there. important part of it because if the, the, the shooting's not that good, then it's like, Oh, you've made another fallout. Um, <laughs> shit. Snap. So uh, yeah, I got a question. I got a question. I got a question. I got yep. a question. Cause you keep saying it's like GTA mixed with, Bloody bloody blah, 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 Fallout or whatever the fuck. Uh, I want to know. Um, it sounds like, you know, some of the abilities wind up being almost like um, fucking Corvo, Dishonored style, like fucking almost imbued with powers from the gods. Like, is like is that what it's supposed to be like? Is it supposed to be like you are this... No, cyber assassin type shit. I don't think it's that level. I think like you, you, you take drugs, and like you feel invincible. So maybe you like kind of like brazenly do things that you wouldn't have done normally. Yeah, because other people in the world don't affect you as much. Yeah, but like I don't think it's. I don't. I never felt like a Corvo kind of vibe. I felt like you have like a slight edge over someone else. I'm just trying to imagine, like, that scenario you're talking about where the dude wall runs and then hacks some someone and then fucking disables their gun. Oh, and like, with the arms and stuff. Yeah. Capitate someone. And, like, that is... I think that's just an upgrade. Like, it's just... Part but, of like, this. that's what I'm asking, right? Do you, does it look like this sort of thing where you'll... you'll Maybe not start out as Corvo, but you'll eventually reach a point where you, that that's what you are... I've- I've changed my mind. Yes, yeah. actually, yeah. Like if if you choose to go that path, but like you, other people could choose to just like straight up have it as a shooter and not get yeah. the arm implants and not do this that the other and just like maybe I don't know. I'm like I'm guessing, but like yeah. build up this thing where you could make your skin like steel and like just take yeah. that much more damage and just like be a shooter instead of like wall running and like stealthily picking off people. Sorry, Luke, I'm talking too much. No, no, I just, I feel like they, 
Um, maybe I'm just imagining this, but I thought they said this was an early part of the game. I did see like 400 games over the span of like four days, so it's all melting together. But <laughs> I thought they did say it was an early part of of the game. So you were, I think, like level 12 or 13, but I might have made that up. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of hard to gauge because they only did show us a, like his like two or three abilities, but <laughs> just jamming it all together. Um, yeah, it looks awesome. That game, it looks. Uh, everybody that saw this was like, "Yeah, game of show, easy game of the show." That we cri- didn't get to play. The one criticism I have is that it was very like, and you played as a girl, and she slept with a dude, but like you saw nothing of the dude that she slept with. But they made it a point of like, kind of like showing like her boobs and stuff, and other people's boobs. There's a lot of boobs that I've seen so far. Not a lot of like other genitalia, Dong. and they talk. Well, like like if and and they made this point of saying like it's a mature game for adult uh, adult audiences with mature themes, and like all I'm getting is kind of like that European like adult means just tits, tits and ass. Ah, it's like well, you know, like you're making this point of making it like you can be bisexual or gay, or you can be straight or do whatever you want, and it's like tits, tits, tits to the point where like when Luke was talking about you, you save this woman and put her on uh, like the ground for these crazy like, like stretcher. M- medical slash like SWAT people to save like yeah. you like you constantly see like one of her tits like on the screen as you're carrying her like in first person from like A to B yeah. it's like I'm worried it's gonna have that European like ah oh, it's mature like eh, it's like kind of wargaming like ah oh, we have <laughs> like cheerleaders for fun ah. like if they can <laughs> if they can balance it out and make it like for a purpose excellent like uh, uh, like my my only bit of dialogue i remember is i'm as dry as a nun's cunt in a convent Mm. i think the like i think it's word for word the line and like that to me and there was more stuff like that like it's kind of like we're mature we're gonna say fuck a lot and cunt and stuff because that's what mature games do it's like well okay like not really there's there's a way in a like a context to doing that, and I don't feel like you've hit that immature maturity. So I'm worried. I'm yeah. I'm I'm worried about exact, but I'm still like super impressed with the game. That's kind of like my only fear with it right now is like they're trying to be something that they can't quite reach in terms of that kind of. You're maturity. you're the world's preeminent fucking gay games critic. Why are you right? Bring us the dongs. I'm go- I'm going to. <laughs> Don't write this anyone else. I'm going to get to that eventually. I no more drugs, more dogs. Star me the dicks. <laughs> I have to do my Ubi content first, and then I'm going to get to everything else. That's how it works. Give me the D. I'm going to say horrible things about For Honor, so don't worry. It's not all positive stuff. I oh have to God. get it up first, and that's how it goes. <laughs> Nice. Kaboom. So yeah, Kaboom. Cyberpunk looks good. Uh, yeah, Gamescom is where we're hearing it's going to be next. Maybe it is a next year game. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, they they haven't that. said, but like, I, I'd be surprised if that can run well on console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. That's what I think. Cool. All right. Uh, is that it? Are we done? Uh, can I just give like the super quickest thing ever to sure. a game that is like, it's not even worthwhile. It, it, it makes me sad, actually. The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Mm. My God. Like, I, I went and talked to Don't Nod. I saw, like, a hands-on thing uh, behind closed doors. It's like a three-hour demo, and they Whoa. called it a demo. It's like a demo for the Life is Strange 2. And I liked Life is Strange. I like episodic games like that. Yeah, Captain Spirit made me want to go and hug 
just like fucking everyone I could see on the E3 E3 show floor. And like (laughs) them people are smelly and gross and weird. It's just like this super uplifting game of this little kid who like something's happened to his mother. His dad, either like she's divorced him or she's dead. And his dad's kind of like drinking, but like still like the best dad ever. It's so hard to get into. And this kid is just like, made fun of at school but he has the power of his imagination and he's just like the most positive child ever like fueling these adventures through like the sheer power of will it's just like the best game i saw in terms of just like walking away with this like happy uplifted feeling and it's a demo essentially it comes out i think on the 26th it comes out very soon it comes out sometime in june um, it, it's basically just a tool to kind of like spruik Life is Strange too. It's just a really uplifting game, and like it's free. Just give it a go. Like it can be as as short as an hour, as long as three hours. But it's just like really warm and fuzzy, and it it's. I am very happy to have seen it, even though like it's like the lead time is short and it comes out and it's free and like you know people are either going to do it or not it's it, it i was just super impressed by it and i hope people check it out cuz it's just like it just made me have a huge smile on my face cool fair enough i saw the trailer and thought it looked cloying <laughs> ah remember when i said we were jaded joke? <laughs> yeah uh, yeah maybe uh Good times, good times. Um, yeah, it's cool. Oh, Dreams. Dreams is really good. It's crazy. It's hard to explain. We're not going to try. We've you, spoken about it before. Me. I did a, like a hands-on demo, and it was surprisingly impressive. Yeah, like, that game from, is nuts. Surprising. I went from didn't care to like all about Dreams in yeah. the course of 40 minutes. So then it's did, like, I, like... I hated what they showed of it. Uh, the fucking oh, just conference. like dude playing piano? Yeah. Fucking what a complete waste of... Like, show people what this fucking game is. Jesus Christ. I but it's also hard. They, they literally it. pulled people aside for 45 minutes to take them through all the bits and pieces. And yeah. if I didn't have that 45 minutes to do it, I probably wouldn't, like, be spruiking dreams. Like, it's yeah. it's a hard sell, but if you can... It's nothing like Little Big Planet because I hated LBP. If you can see past that and, like, be open enough to kind of try to understand what is capable in this game... Mm. It'll blow your mind, but it's it's so hard to kind of communicate that to someone without that much like one on one type stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I played it for an hour and I was sold. Like, holy crap! <laughs> I, well, I had to so leave impressive. early. I had an interview with I to leave, but I don't want to leave. Dude, I'm sorry. I love this game. I'm sorry. You're the best. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry like 50 times. And that's like 25 times more than a Canadian normally would. So it's important. Classic, classic yeah. Canadian sorry jokes. Um, all right. Uh, before we wrap, um, yeah. I wanted to know if you guys got a chance to wander around this float show floor and see any, like, was there any fucking weird shit? Weird shit? Yeah. Um, no, no. I got a Fortnite foam, uh, like, pickaxe for my nephew and then realized I should have got two. Fortnite foam pickaxes for my nephew and niece. Uh, so I'm cool. debating whether or not to mail those home or if I'm just going to cause like problems, but uh yeah. Yeah. So they did a they did a good job this year of the like crowd control thing. 
Um, oh, yeah. The you oh, know yeah. people only loud in certain times. Uh, media were in an industry were in a, uh, you know these times. Public and afterwards, a bit later on in the day, um, it didn't feel as pa- like I feel like PAX Australia is way more busy than um, than than E three in terms of like trying to get around. It seemed like there was enough right. room between stuff, and that they you know they'd figured it out like the problems from last year, which is good because I was worried everyone was freaking out last year. Um, no issues that I felt like anyway. But yeah, the- was- go, go ahead. On. No, you go. Because uh, I was going to change subjects, so go on. Oh, well, okay. Well, I was I was really lucky in that stairs. So yeah, I didn't go on the show floor the first day. And most of the appointments I had were upstairs. So, like, I had to go a couple times downstairs to, like, where the plebs go. Um, and it seemed pretty open and not as bad as I remember. Uh, the last, I went, like, three years ago, and that was kind of, like, peak YouTube, just, like, people trying to, like, shoot videos, like, across corridors and stuff, and I just walk through and they get shitty with me because I broke their shot. It's like, dude, you're in a convention center. What are you talking about? Um, it seemed more open. It seemed like for, like, this, like, Sekiro and all these things that, like, publishers really wanted you to see, they kind of made sure it was out of the way. Um, almost to the point where, like, I realized how, like, like how much I got to like do these cool things and normal people wouldn't. So I was like waiting in line for about it was like thirty five minutes to play Dream because Luke had seen it the day before and he's like, if you do anything else at Sony, go see Dreams. And I did, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll wait. So like I was in this line waiting to see Dream. First, I'm like, oh, so what have you done today? She's like, oh, like I I went for an Indiecade queue for like an hour and a half play this game and i saw someone else playing spider-man and that looked pretty cool what'd you do i'm like oh well i interviewed me from software game hang on hang on hang on you completely cut out the moment you started talking about what you had done oh i interviewed like miyazaki from from software about his upcoming and i went and played you know like two hours of destiny 2 gambit and uh like just the amount of stuff that I got to do upstairs, kind of like out of the way of people, yeah. I kind of take that for granted. But like talking to this person who'd been in line for hours to see like a video game, like as someone who was an E3 judge, like you kind of take that for granted. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really happy with how I got to see things in the way that it was accessible to me. And like people that were there, just kind of like on a, on a gamer ticket or a gamer pass, like, seem to be happy as well. So it, I feel like they did a good job of kind of managing expectations this E3, yeah. like, with industry and, and gamers and exhibitors and media, that thing. So I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Like, I don't know if this model quite works moving forward, um, mm. but it was pretty, it was pretty deep. I'm glad I went this year. It was probably, like, one of the – I think it was this – Apart from the year that they announced the new consoles, this is probably like my strongest E3 in terms of what was presented because it was all just games and yeah. just the experiences of games and not like hype and not like, you know, spectacle. It was just actual games and they were all really good games too. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I, I think it's the best one I've been to um, just because the amount of content was there. It was really good and hands-on stuff. Like mm. the developers are starting to learn. They're like, all right, just give them hands-on or at least... Yeah, decent presentations and not like it's the same presentation you saw at the Xbox show. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like nothing, time. didn't see anything crazy. Like the craziest thing I feel like I saw was people trying to sell like computer backpacks. 
<laughs> like nothing insane that was going on. Like us, like like a backpack with with battery power in it, and you could take your, oh. your computer around with you. That was probably the craziest thing I saw. Everything else is like at the back. They had like um, uh, a fucking energy drinks, like tiny energy drinks, or just chairs. A lot of chair places. Um, otherwise, I bought Luke a beer at the uh, back of the West Hall. Yeah, we were having a beer. We have like a bar now. That's great. Um, uh, Steve and I were going to an appointment from one hall to the other, and we're looking at this guy standing at a, on a wall, and we both kind of look at each other. And at the same time, I, I think it was at the same time where if one of us said to the other, like, is that Jason Mewes? And then this guy turns around and faces the other way. And on the back of his T-shirt, it says, I am Muse. <laughs> and so, yes, I am Muse. Yes, I am and Muse. You, you saw his face. I just saw his back. I saw his jacket. And I just took his jacket. Like, I, I just assumed his jacket was telling the truth. Oh, okay. So it must have been but me that turned out. to you. Yeah. So I looked at yeah. Stephen like, is that Jason Muse? And then like, yeah. So he, t- he turns around. And the minute it says, like, I am Muse, I like call out to him. I'm like, hey, what's going on, Jason? And he sort of looks up and waves to us, and he's like, like "What's up, bro?" <laughs> and we bro, kind of keep walking. It was definitely walking. Jason Mewes. It was definitely Jason Mewes. Yeah, yeah. Who is Jason Mewes? From James on the Bob. He's he's Jay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I met- Who the fuck calls him Jason Mewes? What the fuck? That's his name. That's his name. He's Jay. For fuck's sake. No, he, he's no, but he no, he's Jason Mewes. I met uh, oh. Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye in the airport. So, like, I've met some famous people at E3. I've met LeVar Burton and Will Quill Wheaton from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I was playing Halo when people were, like, talking behind me. But, you know, like, when you're playing a game and you're like, yeah, I'm just playing a game. People are like, oh, good shot, man. You're like, yeah, man, thanks. You kind of, like, turn around and be like, cheers, man. I'm good at Halo. It was freaking Nathan Fillion and Alan Judic. So I just gave them the controller. I didn't talk to them. I just said, here you go. You can play. So that was cool. This year I met Jonathan <laughs> Van Ness cool? from Queer Eye. It was, no, it was cool. That, it was cool. Well, oh, my theory, and it's 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 going really well on the internet. Uh, Nathan Fillion is not voicing Cade Six in the Destiny Two Forsaken uh, DLC. It's totally, it's totally, and you heard it here first, people, and it's on the internet first for me. It's Nolan North who does every voice in Destiny now, apparently, plus every video game apart from that. It's Nolan North doing his best Nathan Fillion impression because they kill off Cade 6 very early on and they couldn't either be bothered getting him to come back or he was too expensive or he just had something else happening and he couldn't voice his character. The same character that he's voiced since, you know, the original Destiny. It's totally not him because I asked uh, Bungie and they wouldn't comment. And if it was just the same guy returning for the, you know, like the sixth or eighth time, they'd say yes. It's totally not him. Scoops. Scooped. Cool. Scooped, scooped. Yeah, other than... Yeah, Steve and I interviewed Miyazaki. Um, I don't think we had any other celebrity encounters. We saw Sam Lake. That's, <laughs> Sam Sam, Lake. that's celebrity to me, man. And Jason Mewes. You know the kid from the Soundlock Kids that makes the s'mores? I, I, I saw him running around in a hotel. That's... Oh, and we went drinking with a guy <laughs> who thought that... Bo- like, the guy who played Boba Fett was going to be at E3, but it turns out to be, like the kid who played the young Boba Fett who was uh. going to be in the new Boba Fett movie who was like six years old and carries like a Boba Fett helmet around with him he was there so this like disappointing 35 year old man had to like <laughs> escort the six year old kid through E3 it was weird because people like were walk like rock they were rocking up to these 
appointments thinking it was going to be like whoever that New Zealand guy is who played Boba Fett. Wasn't him. My favorite night of E3. The must. Sure. My favorite night of E3 involved uh, Steve Fairley, Kate, Julian Rizzo-Smith, and I schooling Luke Laurie in the ways of RuPaul's Drag Race. It was a good night. Oh, I saw a picture. Oh, my God. So they sent out, like, an invite on Facebook being, like, <laughs> drag race and shit. And I thought we were going to go see racing cars. <laughs> um, turns out we weren't going to go see racing cars at a pub. So I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. And spoilers, no one got, like, eliminated that week. So, like, Luke didn't yeah. even see, like, the full, like, sachet away. Sachet. 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 Uh, intricacy of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, you're not missing much, mate. It's fine. All right. Got so it. yeah, it was. I was good. A three. I feel like it was very good. A three. Yeah. Um, Anything else we should talk about or wrap up? Oh man, and there's too many games. We could do this for like seven more hours. They were you all. Could've. They were all. They were all really good. That's yeah, all the of them were thing. good. Yeah, nothing was bad, and that's Except not something cool. normally that I would say. Luke and I agree. Job hates everything. That's how it works. He's not jaded though. Uh, except for Smash Brothers, that was average. <laughs> let's, oh, let's Pokemon, not get let's go started. With awesome shit oh. too. Luke was Luke was saying you played Smash Bros. with against some pros. Was he a pro, Steve? Who was that guy? Oh, he played. okay. So one of my good friends is uh, Alex. He is CVX freak. If you uh, frequent Game Facts, and I know him through uh, Daniel Vukovic, mm. um, but I know him like twenty years ago because he wrote like every single. Game fact on Resident Evil that you would ever use. So like he to me is like a fucking rock star. Um, so I've got I've gotten him like for the last four or five years. He's great. He's he's, he's not a pro, but oh. he's really good at Smash compared to how shit we are at Smash. Right, which is right. maybe something to because he was saying no, nah, I've not played before, and then just fucking destroyed me. And then he was like, no, nah, I've actually played before. But like Capcom had him on at like uh, their twitch streams of re2 all weekend at e3 like right. he's he's like a very well-known two guy and i'm hoping to kind of get him to come to melbourne for pax oz mm-hmm. and like get capcom on board for like an re2 thing i'd love to do a panel on re2 so don't steal my idea anybody else that's mine i've, I've claimed it but um sorry that's what i mean through to luke lancaster i was gonna get him like super drunk <laughs> and like uh why re2 is the worst of the resident <laughs> evils yeah. Oh, I'm sure Capcom so- is down for that. Even somehow worse than three and Revelations and Raccoon City and fuck, there are a lot of terrible games in that series. Do you like? Do you like Resident Evil? I like Resident Evil Four. So can I- we? We should. We should actually like have a pod, uh, a pod, a panel about why you're wrong about RE and why it, it practically <laughs> writes itself. It does practically write itself, except for the parts where I'm 100% correct about. Except the opposite? Uh, yeah, right. Like. We'll, we'll talk offline, Luke. Uh, Luke. We'll talk offline, Joe, but it's fine. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll take this offline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, did you want to do these questions really quickly? Let's do the questions. Uh, Racy writes, with Sony in such a dominant position this generation, is the whole Fortnite account debacle an indication of a return to the old Sony? I realize they've previously rejected cross-play with other consoles, Minecraft, etc., but locking the account out of other platforms seems like a step further. So uh, does this seem like the uh, 
a return of the Sony of yore, the uh, the arrogant isolationist Sony. What do you guys it seems think? Like a, it seems like a play on Epic's part to kind of try to coax them out of it as as much as it is just Sony's problem. But like Sony's response was, oh, like you can play with these specific platforms and PS4, just not Switch and Xbox. Like it's it's arrogance and it's protecting their user base, but it's also angering their user base because they can see what else is happening. Like, I, I think it's pretty arrogant, but they're they're in the lead, so why wouldn't they do that? Like, it's not hurting them. Mm. It makes them look bad, but it's not hurting them to me. Like, with all the news that came out about how easy cross-play ultimately is... Uh, it yeah. happened. It happened in Fortnite. They, like, accidentally flipped the Switch, yeah. like, two weeks for, like... Oh, was it two weeks? For, like, a little while, anyway, and you could do it. Yeah, It's easy. Sony's yeah. just not playing ball. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is the case, and I reckon that was that was deliberate on Epic's part as well, um, to like make it clear that it was possible. Yeah, I think they're just trying to shove Sony into allowing it, and I think they fucking should. I don't know if any developer can do it right now. It's Epic with Fortnite. Like that's yeah. the game. Like, but the thing is, if any fucking platform could afford to allow it to happen, it's Sony. Like, it doesn't hurt them at all. It only helps them. Um, like, the the slight adjustment that will happen to help Xbox's user numbers is, isn't going to be significant enough to, to change anything. It's, it's not going to mean that suddenly people are able to get fucking unlimited games on Xbox just because they, they can now play against people on PlayStation. Yeah. It's... It's literally not going to affect few times at all. So, yeah, there's there's literally fucking no reason for them to lock it out. I mean, they should and just. It's, it's just a good yeah. move. Like like Games Pass with Xboxes and like Play Anywhere is like just trying to like open things up. Like yeah, if, like I I've lost my Destiny Two raid group. Like Hamish and <laughs> and other people I play with, they play on PC now. And if I if we had cross platform and I could play on Xbox and Luke could play on. PS4 and Hamish could play on PC and, you know, Job could play on iOS, like, whatever. Um, we could just, you know, like, yeah. we're just having fun and playing as a group of people, and that it, it's annoying that... Are we still, are we still playing Destiny in this scenario? Because... Well, I guess so. But it, it's, it, it's, ni- <laughs> it's nice that people can kind of choose to pick their platform but still be social, and, like, that, to me, like, most most companies are kind of like all about that right now and the fact that sony is so against it and like it, i i might have missed comment in in the past but like their their biggest kind of push was oh we're doing this for the security of, of ps4 players like we're, we're doing this to protect you so you're, you're not getting you know like these insecurity intrusions like that's not what you're doing it for you're doing it to try to like keep your user base you're doing it to kind of you're, you're xenophobic basically and if you're going to be like that, cool. Just be honest about it. Like, we want to keep you guys. We want to retain you. We don't want to, like, give you access to this gigantic ecosystem. I'd have more respect for Sony if that's what they said to us rather than, like, oh, no, we're doing this to, like, keep you safe. That's bullshit. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Next question. Good question, Ricey. Uh, Dr. E3 Money writes, question for Steve. Why do you have such a boner for Resident Evil 2? What is it that gets you so jazzed in the pants region? I feel like I've explained all this. Um, (laughs) It's it's RE2 plus RE4 plus RE7. It's, it's, dude, 
20 minutes in, I, I was terrified that it was going to be bad. And, and after 20 minutes, I can't want this game more. And just I hope you get a chance to play it or read what I write about it soon uh, on survivor.com. Um, it's, dude, it's everything. It's, it's perfect. It's so good. It's atmospheric and tense. And I'll shut up because I've said those before. Yay. True. Good question, Drew. My, how did he, he know we were doing this? Possibly known. That's weird. Uh, no, he was in the tanks thing when Steve joined the channel. Ah. Right. You know, but what time did we start? It says five fifty-one. Do we start off? What? That I. Oh, we started we before them. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Five forty-five. General channel. That Steve joined at five forty-eight, right. and uh, so yeah, he must have seen Steve join there, join us, and then Joe was implying I was three minutes late, which is true. <laughs> so there's a fucking time stamp. <laughs> Cool, dude. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, cool. That's the show. Good stuff. Thanks for coming on, Steve. Did I talk too much? I felt like I talked too much. Don't be ridiculous. There's no, we've got a good. we've got a bunch here. We can still talk about next week. So, but I do I do notice on Discord that like <laughs> I'm not in the group that says like the gap hosts, and I've done this enough now that I feel like I'm a gap host. So, um, we should give him a blue name. Oh yeah, what's that mean? What's, do it. I don't know what a blue I name. I can't is. remember what we made that was. Uh, but oh wait, if it's not good, I don't want it. If it's good, I want it. No, no, like, Nathan's clearly. got it. So oh, if, if Nate has it, I want it. I don't know what that is. Anyway, let me do my spiel and we can get there out of here. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store. You can also rate and review us on there. Uh, it helps other people find this show. Uh, you can email us if you want to, thejadpodcast.gmail.com if you've got any questions. Or you can go to our social media page, facebook.com slash thegapodcast, twitter.com slash thegapodcast. Um, you can go to our website, which is thegapodcast.com. It's got all the links to things we just talked about, including our Discord page, um, which we have, like, if you want to leave us questions, you can do that. Or you can play video games with Drew, like Tanks, 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 or Job's Fortnite Emporium. Um, that's a channel in there now because we don't play PUBG What the anymore. fuck? We don't play PUBG you anymore, Job. You son of a bitch, you can't do that. <laughs> we don't play PUBG, Job. We're playing Fortnite now. Why do you, you can't even crowd? if you wanted to? How how do I de-admin someone from a fucking Discord? All right, we're making a fucking new. Luke Discord. has a crown, so I don't know if you're going to be able to. Do I that. know. It yeah. seems like I'm, I'm boned. <laughs> so yeah, if you want Baz, you can come back, Baz. Now Fortnite, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> and that's all. Thanks to our Patreon members. You want to help support the show? You go to Patreon.com/slash/GAPodcast. Uh, it's muchly appreciate everyone that does that. And Thank you. That's, legends. Yeah, that's a show. Boom. Got that out of the Good way stuff. real quickly. Um, Boom. Job. I'm blue. You made me blue already. That's cool. Yeah, that's it. That's it. good. Gosh. Oh, dude. What's Thanks. he going to do? He's got to break it all. <laughs> um, uh, Job, have you got any work going on the internet this week? Are you and Ninja doing interviews? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I'm... I'm definitely not interviewing Ninja, but uh, we did. Red Bull did sign him, um, and it was pretty fucking huge, and it's worked out pretty well for my numbers. So I, I uh, heard Red Bull likes racists. Is that what's going on? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up! Um, we also signed Cloud Nine again. Uh, um, we like, had like shitty Counter Strike teams too. Oh, okay, oh, fuck off, mate. This guy. Damn. Um, but yeah, so. What was what was what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so I got some stuff going up uh, about Rift Rivals. Uh, that actually I've scheduled 
a lot of stuff. Uh, well, I will hopefully have finished scheduling all my stuff uh, by tomorrow. But uh, over the course of this week and the next, uh, you'll be able to see a bunch of stuff. Oh, having a chat with um, Dens from Mind Freak. Uh, they placed in the top eight of uh, the CWL Anaheim. Um, so it's a pretty fucking good get. They did quite well. Um, they're probably like, close to being one of the most successful Australian teams in all of esports at this point, which is really cool. Um, and I'm now allowed to talk about Call of Duty on Red Bull. Huh. Um, I've never been that big a fan of the games, obviously. Well, not never, but I uh, haven't been a fan of the recent games all that much. But I have actually really enjoyed um, the esport, like the game as a competitive game, yeah. like watching it as a viewing experience because I think they do a really good job with the broadcasting and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I played Coblops at uh, E3 4. Um, Coblops 4. 4. It's I, very good. Coblops 4. Yeah, yeah. I actually Isn't enjoyed it? it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, I've got that. Uh, I should be talking to yeah multiple members of the League of Legends crew uh, and two, three, four. Oh yeah, we've got a story going up about um, es- esports stuff. I don't know. The fucking Twitch, Twitch, and Couch Warriors are sending. Uh, fighting game players over to Evo 2018, and it's a pretty big coup for Catch Warriors. Yeah, nice. cool. So uh, we got a big story about that. Yeah, go check it all out. Or don't. What if I make fuck? Smashing it, Job. Smashing it. it. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. Steve, what have you got going on the site? It seems pretty busy at the moment. Oh man, like, but you should have went first. Between you and I, I think we're doing a job. 2018. So Luke's put up a whole bunch of Rage 2 and uh, Sekiro stuff. I've done a bunch of stuff about uh, Odyssey and Division 2 and I'm getting through like, full disclosure, doing it. Getting through my uh, Ubisoft stuff because that's what I said I'd do first, but um, that didn't limit us from looking at everything ever. So I've got probably like 20 or 30 games just like kind of sitting there waiting to get to. Um, so if Drew wasn't satisfied with my RE2 answer, he (laughs) will be soon. Um, same thing with Control, Captain Spirit, Kingdom Hearts, Let's Go Pokemon, like everything in the history of the world that we have looked at. There's just interviews and impressions and just like neat things about everything from E3. And like, because we're not Polygon and it couldn't all go out with a team of 20 in like the first three days, you know, like Luke and I are just going to do it in our time and it's still worth reading and it's going to be great. Luke, what are like, uh, survivor.com. I forgot to say, survivor.com. Yeah, good one. um, Luke, what are you like kind of planning on? What's your, I, we're, we're just kind of attacking it as it comes. There's so much <laughs> stuff to do. We've got content for freaking months. So like, what are you kind of most keen on, uh, covering in the next little while? Yeah. So, uh, like Steve said, all the rage content, I think that's all done now. There was like five pieces maybe that went up. Uh, like yeah. interviews, previews, uh, like things we know about Rage, um, which seem to do pretty well. Um, yeah. The Miyazaki interviews, we did. I did two pieces for that, which was really cool. Um, one's still coming. One's up. One's still coming. Yeah, one should be up soon. Well, it's it's in there. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's don't don't. Oh, 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 oh no no! Like by the time oh, people yeah. hear this, 
it's probably going to be up. Um, well, it's going to be up fucking now because now I look stupid. It's going to be up. It's going to be up Friday. No, Thursday. What day is tomorrow? Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spider Man. I'm going to do some stuff on that. Um, what was the other big one? Uh, Ghosts. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that because they showed some a few things that we didn't see the demo. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like a bunch of stuff in here that we can we can go on about, but like a lot of the games we talked about, plus sort of more as well. Metro um, Exodus. Uh, what else? There's tons oh, yeah. of stuff off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Division Horizon two. Tomb Raider or in the Willow the Wisp. Dreams. We talked about yeah. the Xbox adaptive controller. We got some time with that, oh, which is freaking man. awesome. It's hard to explain how cool that controller is. It's now's not the time. <laughs> it's not the time. Yeah. Read, Luke, read Luke's impressions yeah. at Survivor.com. So that's the show. Um, one one final thought before we go. Mm, fuck. Steve and I were <laughs> handing out these um survivor cards like best of e3 for the game critic stuff and also for the, the like site awards and the so look fun. on developers faces when you give them one of these things is priceless <laughs> like yeah. they I am flip leg- out every single time i'm nice. legit right now wearing a control shirt from remedy because we gave them a card and luke and i were both standing there but they just gave us one shirt uh, like I, I took it like fuck you luke sorry i took it i'm wearing a control shirt and look luke had nothing no i and got a shirt I, what are you talking about did you get a shirt in the end yay yeah okay good i was so worried about not getting a shirt job i just like completely didn't register that luke got a shirt no i like how i like how you're like yay it's mine no, it's mine but i'll take already it made it very clear that you genuinely don't give a fuck if luke gets a shirt or not okay so like just quickly i know we've we've stopped the podcast like 17 times but just quickly like i'm pretty used to going up to a booth for like international press at e3 going hey i'm steve from survivor and they're like what from the huh i'm like no like we're really big in australia trust me we're really big in australia and like the other years like that that pretty much works anyway but this year because luke and i were e3 judges like, mm. people go, like, from the what now? And, like, you kind of point at your name, and it says, like, stevesurvivor.com in brackets, E3 judge. And in some cases, quite literally, very important. You can see their eyes, like, just kind of, like, double. Like, oh, oh, sir. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Steve from Stevivore. Yeah, how are you? Please, please, come through. How are you? Do you want a water? Would you like a coffee? Are you hungry? Sandwich? This is the best. <laughs> like so i didn't throw my weight around too much but I, I definitely threw my weight around to see control and i got luke in and like that was kind of touch hit and go like but we, we both got in which i'm happy about and we i saw re2 and did you guys get hits. one of those fucking cyberpunk figurines yeah i'm looking yeah, at it right now got you both got did you get and sh- it, those it didn't break they were it wearing? didn't break in the post like not the post it didn't break in my luggage on the way home which I'm surprised about because it's pretty flimsy. And I've had a Geralt statue break in half oh, from right. E3 on the way home. So I, w- I, w- I was trying to like set my expectations that it was going to be in like five pieces by the time I got my luggage back, but it's fine. Yeah. And yours, yours is good, Luke? Mine's good. Yeah. It's they're pretty so- solid. solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. What um, was what the other question? Cyberpunk shirts. Did no shirts. shirts. No, no shirts. I didn't see any shirts. I think that's the devs that were wearing them. They, ha- they had an open bar 
at the uh, booth and they did not care about their schedule at all. So, nah. like, their hour-long sessions ran, like, an hour and 20 minutes if they felt like it. They offered Luke hands-on time so he could rate it as <laughs> an E3 judge. And he said no. <laughs> what? He said yes. They would have closed it down. And we could have been the only outlet to get hands-on time. With you Fred are fucking nuts. <laughs> I had to go to do a fucking uh, Godbox interview. You had to do nothing. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> that's exactly what I said, but nicely earned like a Canadian. But yeah, that's cool. Oh my god. Maybe at Gamescom. It's cool. Yeah, no, because like, so we give them this, like, I give them the spiel. Oh, here's, you know, we, we're giving you the thing, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we can't vote for the Game Critic Awards because you, you guys, it's not playable, but, uh, you know, we'll do our side awards. And there's like five devs after this presentation is done. And they're like, oh, did, Oh, oh, did you want to play the game then? And I'm like, uh, I've, I've got to go. <laughs> but You're the, cyber, fuck the cyberpunk devs, <clears throat> CD Pressure I thought it was 15 minutes of hands-on. It was actually five, five. minutes of hands-on. Yeah. So in, in the awards, Jeff Keighley's already been like, uh, you can't vote for this game, so... Which we've already. But submitted. I could have, I could have gone to Jeff and said, "Luke managed to get six <laughs> minutes of hands-on time with Cyberpunk, so it's our game of show. We're not voting for any other game." You could have gone to the fucking internet and said, "We are the only <laughs> people who played Cyberpunk. It's everything you thought it was." I still, I still feel proud of the time fucking Randy fucking Pitchfork let me play Duke Nukem when nobody was supposed to be able to fucking play it. I'm still proud of how I fucking managed to swing that shit. Too bad. Too <laughs> played a good game. I swung fucking two out of ten. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I just I just wanted to mention that the like the little cards thing are awesome, and when when you give them to them like oh, devs, man. they just flip out completely. People's faces just lit up like it was Christmas, and like and. And like, if you get one from IGN, I get like you're ex- like super excited. But like, even from Steve from Stevivore, Luke from Stevivore, like which people may or may not have known, like they were still just like absolutely wrapped. And like that was the good thing about this year. It was like everything, every game was good, and just like everybody was super happy making their games. And when they got some sort of like positive reinforcement for it, like it was just it was a warm, happy feeling. It was like the Adventures of Captain Spirit in a convention. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Ploying. Yeah. Um, All right. Man. Let's wrap it up. Cool. Then. That's a, that's the yeah. show. Uh, if you want, I already did that stuff, didn't I? That's it. That's it. We're out of here. <laughs> uh, Joe, be here next week. I don't know what's going on. You're not here next week. I'm not here next week. I'm going to merry old Japan. Ah, it was Sekiro. Yes, and uh, Ghost of Shishima. If yes. Nate's on, I'll come. Nice. If Nate's I'm on, you'll come. Is that what you said? Yeah. I will come on, Nate. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we've got more <laughs> games we could go through anyway. So bushy beard. Uh, I'm we, in. We can do that unless everybody listens to this and goes, "Oh, can that guy just shut the fuck up?" Because it's probably what's happened. No, it'd That's be fine. fine. Excuse um, me, back. I'll come back. So self-deprecating. No. Cool. Sorry. We'll have fun, Joe. When are you back? Is it like two weeks? Uh, I'm going for ten days. Ten so days. I'll be back. Damn. One podcast. Right. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right, we'll have fun with Very that. Awesome. Uh, Steve, thanks for coming along. It's uh, been good having you. We'll, we'll try and get you. I'll try and so get you around for next TJ week. For me. Is TJ back? Is back? No, yeah. no. Uh, well, Friday. I had a fee. When have fun being out. a bachelor. It'll be great. Catch your cats. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye bye. Bye.